going to start the recording. We're a minute in front here. Recorded live. We're going to, I just sent out another invite because I neglected to put the uh, PIN number in um, earlier for folks. And I, I thought that they needed the PIN, but maybe they don't. So. There was a caller ID number. Okay. So. Great. Well, um, yeah, why don't we, um, I'm going to let uh, Cynthia start. There'll be some other people joining the call, and this is being, being recorded, so it'll be a resource going forward for folks, too. And um, then we'll, uh, we'll have a time where, uh, Cynthia, maybe we could have a little bit of time for Q&A on your part. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll uh, introduce uh, Christopher as well to uh, do a little presentation on what he's been working with, what he does, and then... Um, have some Q&A for him as well. And then I think John's going to talk a little to some of the uh, proceedings he's had in the courts recently, u- utilizing some of um, the work on ID and and uh, some of the other things, uh, you know, who we who we really are um, versus what what we are not. And uh, and so he'll have a kind of a current a current situation that he's been experiencing on Virginia. And uh, and it'll be uh, hopefully this will be a good resource for folks. And then there's some other uh, things that we've been finding out. There's a Friday legal call that's going on on a regular basis, or a law call. I won't call it a legal call, a law call uh, that's available for folks. And then uh, there's some other resources that people have been listening into as well, including some of the Carl Lenz things. And certainly, if you if you guys have some other research areas that you think are helpful for folks, uh, and then um, we'll go from there. So um, I'm going to mute uh, everybody but um, um, but Cynthia at this time. So go for it, Cynthia. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to, to ask, and we'll open it up. I'll let, okay. you, do your, I'll let you do your own bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in general, I started off as a city girl and then around the age eight my parents moved out to the country and what may be an interesting tidbit that some may connect with some may not um i actually was conceived at the grand canyon on my parents wedding and uh wedding honeymoon And what was interesting to me is that essentially, even though I was raised in what they call the first electronic cottage, that being computers before they were released to corporations and what they call the public, I had the opportunity to get my hands on them. But still, I'm a slow learner. It often takes maybe two to three times longer when it comes to the corporate world for me to pick up things other than the computer and using software, but I have no interest in being a programmer. And so both of my parents are New Englanders, although I was raised in Virginia. And around the, I'd say early 20s, I moved out of the country back into the city to get what they call a J-O-B because everybody's reliant on what's been verified as this debt-based federal note. And when it comes to what I call the truth and freedom movement, I would say that in my gut and in my heart, 
my main focus, even as a young child, I'd say what you would call a toddler or after a toddler before being a teen, I had this gut feeling of wanting world peace. And any time I went under a train tracks that were a bridge, I'd cross my fingers and hope for world peace. And then, of course, as I got to be older, was the so-called traveling or driving, and I felt that there was something wrong in that area in regards to the so-called driver's license. And I did my own what I like to call misadventures around 2009 uh, in regards to self-education. Now, being a diehard rebel was even before that when I was in community college, where I had no knowledge in defending myself at all. And I was basically on the run. But, of course, I ended up going in anyhow. And what's interesting is that they decided to, because it was the first offense, they said, that nothing was going to happen. And, of course, I paid my dues and all that stuff. Well, when I started out, it was in what they call the patriot movement with the countries and nations and saying, well, you're a U.S. citizen, uh, you're an American. And I just, for whatever reason, had no interest in staying with that. I just mainly followed it, per se, to learn what other people's perspectives were. But I had no desire to follow that path at all. And in my studies, I found that, interestingly enough, what people are calling Restore the Republic, even the so-called organic, was, in fact, corporate, just as the current is a corporate. And if you do the deep research, you will find that every single collective in some capacity is not just what they call a collective commons but in fact a registered or chartered corporation, which means that it is a perpetuation of the feudalistic pecking order. So my studies and what I found in the path that I decided to go down after learning about many different perspectives and views uh, there's many different people listed on my website, willandtestamenttraining.wordpress.com, that I do give full credit to. And I fully honor and respect their intentions and what they're doing to help educate people in their own defense. The only issue is that very few of them really focus on the soul, spirit, heart, sound conscious mind in the body as a living temple and one of the issues that I have is that all of those people that are giving those various educations which again I do respect the issue is that they really still in some capacity want you to be a part of a collective and there are obvious benefits to being in a collective, specifically when you want to be engaging in self-defense for everyone's good. I totally agree with that. But people still in leadership roles are not to some more emphasis 
then I know with the Moors, they do emphasize respect to the ancestors and respect to yourself. But other than the Moors, I see very little myself. And there are many people that you will throw names out. And honestly, I've never even heard their names. So I should say specific to me, the leadership that I have heard has not given enough. They may give some, but not enough emphasis to yourself as being not a God with the ego, not a God with the attitude of I'm better than you, but rather that all are equals. If we're supposed to be fully cognizant and self-aware, then we need to also respect others. And that would mean that those in the so-called government have clearly lost perspective to what I would call the living with morals and ethics, compassion and heart. So some of the things that I think I've heard Mark Passio reference and maybe two others reference is that they are actively going to these police officers and the government and educating them on reconstituting compassion, morals, ethics, and heart. But on myself, specific to the topic that I know that we want to get some focus on, and I only have an hour, in regards to legal versus lawful and what you are versus who you are, it is very important to self-realize that you are not subject as a person, but rather to self-express as a living man, because if you do not specify natural person and you just go with the word person on its own, technically, by definition, if you yourself do not define that word person as a living man, it will be literally interpreted as a piece of paper or a fiction that is registered, which means subject to that so-called fiction. And it is also important in some aspect, whatever your beliefs are, I have no interest in, as they say, shoving my own beliefs on anyone but rather to encourage people to self-realize and self-express their own acknowledgement to what they consider the highest creator or divine source and living man without a mask of title or without the corporate fiction. And it is equally important and relevant, as crazy as it may sound, it is construed that those who were either born in a so-called hospital for which that piece of paper, not they themselves, but that piece of paper went into said government in public, that they also claim their DNA and copy hold to what I call the wicker man title, which many are calling the straw man, 
the reason my preference is Wicker Man rather than Straw Man is if you watch the original BBC movie, not necessarily the Americanized version, but the original BBC movie titled Wicker Man, and you reverse the roles between the natives on the island that are the pagans to that police officer. And you yourself should recognize or relate to that police officer as the one who's being duped by said government, which I have reason to believe the people at the front lines are, of course, the front windows, including the police officers on the, on the ground, per se, have no knowledge or comprehension as to what it is that they're doing. They really don't. But it's their choice to not self-educate. Now, in regards to who you are not, as I like to say, legal land, other than person. A lot of people still want to attach themselves to that word citizen. Well, if you think about it and you do the research on the word citizen itself, it does denote a Roman soldier. So if you self-express as a citizen, then you are a soldier. Whereas if you self-express, which very few people do, as a civilian, that does denote that you are a Roman, meaning that you are a Roman non-military. And separate from citizen, civilian, and person is human. Well, if you break down the word human, it means a shadow or a shade of man, which means that it's, in fact, man's shadow. So think of Peter Pan in the opening scene when he's in Wendy's bedroom chasing his shadow. So if you acknowledge that you are human, think of the term human resources in corporations. They are inadvertently, unknowingly treating you as it could be considered a ghost or a ghost in the machine rather than an actual man or a cog in the machine. And when it comes to the word uh, resident, when you break that down and you look up the word res, R-E-S, you will see that it means the subject matter. So inadvertently, you're saying, I dent or I harm or I injure the subject matter, which could be considered as either your body or your soul or spirit. I honestly have not gone to the depth to know which, or it could be both, that you are harming not just your body as self-expressing as resident, but also your soul or your heart. Not, of course, the literal body's heart, but rather the heart meaning love and compassion. And I can tell you practically everybody that's employed in a corporation, you're pretty much forced to divest yourself from having any form of compassion 
other than the standard corporate policies, rules, regulations, etc. So it could very well meaning dent your heart or compassion by being a resident because you're acknowledging yourself as a part of what's also called the district. Having done public records research on my property, I found that technically they construe the house and the property as being in a district which is connected with the District of Columbia. And Kirk Kallenbeck has done extensive research and made a connection between District of Columbia denoting Columbia being Spain. And if you do research, you will find that IRS is Puerto Rico, which is currently, of course, United States. However, it should be well known that uh, what's called Mexico, as well as California, were originally Spanish territories. So I say when it comes to the various separations as to what countries or nations are vying to control and gain profit out of us, the laborers, I would say it's France for the Medicinis, Spain for the taxes. However, England is well known as Banking Institute, of course, the origins to the banks separate from the Medicinis for money. And then you've got England for Social Security, because I found out, having looked at the Social Security website, in fact, that the Queen of England does own a man of the United States Social Security. And then you've got Italy for the Vatican. Uh, so in regards to the terminology as to who you are or are not, in legal land versus lawful land, I would say do not acknowledge or I would say deny any of those terms and rather self-express just simply as a living man and in regards to location, I would say solid land, nothing else. And a lot of times you will see the address but I always express that that is for reference only. That is not a technical fact. And in regards to venue, a lot of people have focused on the zip code, separate from how the state is spelled, be it with the first letter so-calledly capitalized, uh, as well as the city. And for myself, I now express always as lawful given Cynthia close to, and then my preference is the street name first, and then I say pound sign or number, and then the actual street number, and that originally was how it was done, in fact, in other countries, they address uh, envelopes with the street name and then the number, and then the city, then for and a number of people have started this movement that I do agree with, for which the zip code is expressed as rural, R-U-R-A-L, root, and then the so-called zip code number. And that is, if you go to the post office and you have a country's so-called zip code, the post office staff 
may call that a postal code, not a zip code. And the reason is that on the United States Corporation, that word zip code has, in fact, been trademarked. So if you use the word zip code and you consent to that, then you are saying that you are a part or party to the United States and the Columbia State, but still a part of the corporation. And then underneath that, my preference is to put the word America in all lowercase. And the reason is that when you have it in all lowercase, it is in no capacity what's called capitalized upon, and that means Profited from or in a fashion moved from the land into fiction land. And then in regards to jurisdiction, now there's something very interesting. I myself just learned no more than two days ago. I put in for my own so called travel case with which they construe said government is construed as a district court. I made the mistake of putting in a um trying to think of the word for it, a juris notice. And in the juris notice I expressed certain key points, including my standard, what I am and the name, the aspects to the name and other things for which they decided by my putting in that notice that was a jurist notice that I am going to be with a trial rather than a hearing. Now, I have reason to believe that if I had not put in that jurisdictional notice or that jurist notice, that it would not have been a trial. So even I totally admit that I am in a learning process what else is on many different things. Now, as to why it is that I am dealing with a so-called court case, it is because some unknown man decided to call the police when I had admittedly, in fact, rear-ended somebody at a stop sign, for which the guy I hit made it very clear that he had no interest in any court case whatsoever. He just wants to deal with the insurance and let it be. But whoever it is that decided to call the police, that police officer made the choice to give me a so-called ticket, for which I, myself, did not return, and I reasonably probably should have, and even though I still have that piece of paper, should I choose to go into that court, I am, in fact, going to physically hand it back and express no consent and no knowledge. In addition to that, I'm going to self-express as an idiot. Now, if you look at the term idiot, it is not a derogatory term. It means that you do not have the knowledge nor the experience as what's called a professional. And if you break down the word professional and confession, 
They both have the root word fest, F-E-S-S, which means in a fashion to admit, which is another term entirely. So if you look up the word fest, separate from profession, which means for the fest or admission, versus confession, which is against the session. So my preference is not either for, which is profession, nor against, which is confession, but rather fully admit that, yes, this is what I did. However, I have no knowledge nor consent to being what they call, and it should be specified as, the federal bar, the federal British Accreditation Registry, because it is a district court. If it was a civil court, I don't know exactly, but it might be what's called the American bar. But in either case, it's still the British Accreditation Registry, for which the American bar does have a treaty with the United Nations. And that is very important to be aware of if you're dealing with any of these so-called courts in any capacity, for which I think, I've not done the research yet, but there's a distinct possibility that the federal bar does not have a treaty with the UN because they're the main ones that are getting all of the revenue and engaging in all of these district court cases across the entire nation. So that's a whole other issue. Uh, And then when it comes to jurisdiction, this is something that I've not heard anyone else address. If they have, please do let me know through my website as a comment, which will be reviewed, not automatically made public. If you break down the word jurisdiction, it means a spoken oath, promise, or pledge for which typically those that go into the court themselves as being attacked by the so-called fictional state do not have a valid, and I do emphasize valid, oath, promise, or pledge to any one, anything, i.e. the flag, and or any fiction being said government. Now, of course, if you are employed with the military and or said government in some capacity, then you do have a oath, promise, or pledge. However, Typically, it is not valid because you were not given full disclosure as to what it is that, number one, you were making that to and its full violations, much less why you were making that oath, promise, or pledge, i.e. the flag of the United States separate from the flag of the state, separate from the county flag, separate from it being, in fact, a form of idolizing because the flag itself is a form of an idol or an object. And then in regards to what I call land versus fiction, I say that the physical land in and of itself is lawful. It is 
real. But anything that is a fiction, that is a collective, that is registered per se, is legal. Now, in regards to conditional acceptance versus argument, a lot of people, when they go into the court and have not done any extensive studies, I say first, the very first thing you want to do is stand on what you are and then attach the aspect to the name because if you do not acknowledge that legal name as being you, then typically it has been verified that the court or the bar has no standing or has no hold on you as a living man. And one of the things that I focus on in most all of my calls, and if this is a repeat, I apologize, but it is in fact very important because I've not heard anyone else address these two points. And that is, if you break down the actual legal name from what's called the first name is a given name given to you by your parents, is not supposed to be co-joined with what's called the legal middle. A lot of people are putting a dash or a hyphen between those two entirely separate words, which in fact creates an entirely new name as a two-worded name for, for a single man rather than two separate names for the same man. And I do agree with putting the colon before, excuse me, before what's called the legal last, and my preference is word, because name usually construes a man, whereas word construes a profession or a thing. And if you look up the definition to that legal last word, you will find that the country word definition, there are, of course, exceptions here and there, but to the general masses, the definition to that word, in fact, is not you. It may very well have been an ancestor as to the professor trade or where they live or the name of the district town or example the topographical example being a mountain or a hill or a stream or a creek or a river but you yourself do not live either in that town shire borough nor close to that physical uh, place topographical description, much less the profession or the trade. For example, my so-called legal last uh, name is Hunter, which from my father's side, his great ancestor, I'd say at least five or six generations back, if not more, were in fact hunters for a lord, a baron, or a king, for which that's how that legal last word started on down the lineage. 
And on my, what I prefer to call my life companion side, SHUPE, S-H-U-P-E, but of course there are different derivations or spellings to SHUPE, which is German, means a fish soup maker. So I get a chuckle when I express that technically, in fact, not only am I not one who hunts and not a fish soup maker, but I also am not one who hunts those that make fish soup. And technically, that's a fact. Now, in regards to the implications to that legal last word, if you look up the entomology to family, um, the general mass equality family name, that in fact means slave collective or a slave family that lived in the house of, when you term it house of, the masters over those slaves. So you have a mother, father, and child that are the masters, and then you also have a mother, father, and child that are the slaves, separate from the S. R word, which in fact was created by an earlier king of England as a means to enforce those men and women as chattel property. And I know that the United States federal government does construe us as S-U-R, chattel property, because I did, in fact, get what some people term that American national passport and the card. And what's very interesting is that on the American national passport card, it has S-U-R name at the top in upper and lower case. And then directly underneath that is the legal last in all upper case. And then underneath that is given name, N-A-M-E-S, in upper and lower case. And then beneath that are the two given names in all upper case. And in regards to capitalization, I'm assuming that most on this chart are already fully aware of the issue of what is called capitalist. However, very few people seem to have any knowledge of what I like to say cognizance to the first letter being capitalized, denoting a debtor, D-E-B-T-E-R, which means one that is financially indebted to another. And that is what I consider, but I haven't verified it, to being that connects with the so-called fictional national debt. So if you do not put in all lowercase the two separate given names, then you are indirectly or inadvertently accepting that you are responsible for the American national debt. However, those that have gotten a fully authenticated 
either certificate of live birth or birth certificate that does self-express on that cover page as full faith and credit denoting that the living man holding that fully authenticated paper is not in any capacity a debtor, but rather with full credit. So my preference when it comes to the name and how it is written, or as some say spelled or cursed, is to have the given names in all lowercase with a backslash between them to denote two separate names for the same man or man with womb, and then a forward slash to denote a separation from that legal chattel property word, which is in all uppercase because that is the full chattel property term in a fashion. Uh, Let me check here if there's anything else. Um, I would say that it is equally important and relevant to a full claim to your DNA and your body. Uh, The reason is that if you do not make, as a living man, a claim to your body, in fact, assumed by that birth certificate being in the public hold that you are property to that section. And under all of those various ad nauseum rules, regulations, codes, statutes, uh, orders, etc. And then when it comes to, I would say, uh, the law forms. Uh, Those that know me know that my whole focus is not common law, but rather the original natural law, which had said that common law does have aspects too. The only issue is that I've done research and verified that you need to specify if you're using common law, which actual version of common law it is. If you do not specify, for example, American common law, then it can be misinterpreted as British Accreditation Registry common law, i.e. case opinions, separate from English or England's common law. And in regards to natural law, it is not to be confused with law of nature which is dog-eat-dog, war and death, because natural law is love, compassion, and life. And then there is, in fact, what can be called legal version of natural law, which is not the same thing as what my preference to call original natural law. And... Uh, let me see here. I think that should be more than enough uh, to have a question and comments on to open it up. Hi, everybody is on. 
there's any questions that you have of uh, Cynthia, can you hear me okay? Yeah, how many I people can. are on how many people are on the call, uh, George? Who is this, please? This is Christopher. Hey Christopher. Yeah, what what is what is uh I mean is is this so this is obviously a private call, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. How many people private. are how many people are on the call this this afternoon? Oh, we got a handful, so not not huge, but the people that have um have done a lot of the research, so we're also recording this. So so, so about six know. right now? Probably, yeah. Did you have okay. a question for Cynthia or uh, I I don't have any question for Cynthia, no. I I mean I um, I mean, I, I don't think we have enough time to talk about every little point that, that she made. I, I, um, the only thing I would, it, um, I'm pretty knowledgeable about a lot of the subject matter that she talked about, at least familiar with it. And, um, you know, when, when she was making reference to the military person or someone who's, who's, uh, took an oath of office, she, you know, uh, she mentioned that. Um, they were not given full disclosure, and there, there was, there's a certain level of fraud associated with them taking an oath, not being knowledgeable of what they were agreeing to. I would say that for all, pretty much everything that she stated, that the whole thing is fraud. And, and to master the fraud and to think that somehow it's going to bring honor or that you're going to be able to function in these systems uh, because you got them all figured out and bring, you know, I, I just don't buy it. I think we have a. Uh, I think people are corrupt, and people in high places, you know, do things for their financial best interest. And I think that ignorance is a huge part of, of, um, you know, why people go along with with systems that do what they do, um, you know. And and you know, certainly the way someone thinks and believes is going to matter to to whatever degree they become free or or responsible for themselves. But you know, in in listening in the last. Uh, half an hour, 35 minutes, um, on the subject matter that, um, you know, most of the stuff that I've, I've heard before is absolutely overwhelming for anyone. And they would, and I would, I would venture to guess that, that, uh, Cynthia move, going, <laughs> you know, without a real conversation with you sharing from the beginning of who you were and what you believe all the way to, um, you know, uh, you know, the, whatever it was you were talking about, you know, fishing and hunting and that, those concepts. I think that anyone who was not knowledgeable about what you were talking about would have been just glassed over, and it would just been a din of information that that unless someone was you know spent the amount of time that you have looking things up and and the etymology and all that stuff, I think it's just overwhelming for the average person to even sort, which would mean that they wouldn't do a thing with it, not not a thing. I mean, it would it would be like um, I was trying to think of an analogy in which um, it would relate to somebody is. It's like um, it's like the film The Matrix. There's there's no way to decipher the Matrix code. It's too complex, like they said in the film. And then the, the best that anyone can do is to run away from an agent or hide. And I think that that's very relevant. And most of the people just live out their lives, you know, within the Matrix, you know, doing what they do, spend their life and die, uh, and have a certain level of happiness about that. Uh, to actually wake up and then realize that we're in a battle. Uh, for our lives and that there is a, a certain level of slavery and certainly all of that is true but most people don't have the stomach to to really be responsible for themselves and to deal with the massive amount of corruption we have in the world and i and, and let's just talk about in our own state or or this country but as long as keep people like the certain level of safety that government wants to hand out 
they're going to be okay with it. And like Morpheus said to Neo, those same people who are enslaved by the system are going to fight to defend it. And, and, and to think that we're going to master the crap better than, than those that are crapping it out, we're kidding ourselves. The only thing we can do is keep things very human and to shut things down at a local level and to, and to educate and, 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 um, and to require our representatives or those who profess or pretend to be our representatives, hold them accountable to be true to their words and bring, it into the, bring every bit of this crap into the light. And, and I, what I see as necessary is to hook up with your local rep, that, and I'm talking more your state rep, and uh, you know, because I don't know how touchable your federal rep would be. And what about uh, what about the what about the county level? Oh, absolutely. I mean, any you know, especially. I mean, I, I'd say the sheriff is probably one of our biggest ad, assets. In, in New Hampshire, we have ten counties. That's all. If we in the freedom movement can't secure ten people to have the the amazing uh, force and and, and uh, responsibility and um, help than a sheriff, I, I think then we're not really serious about freedom. Uh, and so, so consequently, I, I'd say any, all of the solutions is not going to be in the court, certainly not. I don't think that they're our friends. I think the best no. thing is to do is to grab your rep and say, and, and what I, what I want to do is, even based on all what you described, uh, Cynthia, is to um, Create a FOIA, a proper legal FOIA, uh, concerning these these matters specifically and clearly, and and formally ask them to to confirm or deny anything with respect to the the subject matter, and then have your rep have the same FOIA and information. Say, look, hand this over to your legal people, and you, not us, you get answers to these things, so that we can have government, those that know or should know, um, to to testify, if you will, that something is true or not true, or that, you know, because you have a zip code, you're in somehow federal jurisdiction. I want that in the light. I mean, because I've known about that stuff for a long time, but I don't buy it. I think it's fraud from the beginning. And yes, the feds want to federalize everything. And, and the only ones that are going to keep the feds out of our state would be our state legislature, our representatives, uh. if you will. I, I don't think it's fraud. Um, there's actually intention there, but I don't think it's fraud. Uh, people willingly, people willingly accepted without gaining knowledge to what it's about because they thought it was a yeah. benefit. We all can yeah. opt out at any time we want, and the solution is not running to the reps or this or that. It's mm-hmm. all of us doing it and getting other people to do it. Opt out and yep. get out of the federal zone and become state citizens. It's a very easy process by uh, doing a passport application and becoming state citizens. Um, there's a man up in uh, Wolfsboro, Christopher Gronsky. I don't know if you guys know about him. Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. Sorry? Okay, I am yeah. Christopher Gronsky, and I don't live in Wolfsboro. I live in Hill. Okay, I'm still in New Hampshire. I I, I help people all over the world change their passport status. I got you. But I'm still oh, good I'm, for you. I'm just saying that that all of the solutions that we have are definitely within community, within our local area. That's all I'm saying is is that it's you know, I I think that they that I mean, look, I mean, you know, and I just want to speak candidly. This shit is so freaking big, certainly worldwide. None of us individually can really stand against this freaking muscle. 
And I think collectively, you know, we have to come together like you guys do in Massachusetts or like, you know, the freedom group that I have. I have to connect with my local community with even 10 people who care enough about to want to educate and to grow and, and, you know, and, you know, really evangelize, I hate to use the term from a religious standpoint, but really market or, or, or promote freedom as a professional concept so people can learn what it is and they can, they can be free. But uh, I just think it's overwhelming the, the vast amount of, when you talk about knowledge, you, <laughs> we've been doing this a long time. You can't know all this shit. It's impossible. There's no way. It's too complex. It has to come down like Cynthia was saying. I mean, this has to be as human, if you, 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 know, I, you know, to use the term, or it has to be as you know, spiritual and human as possible. But, you, don't, you know, we, we're, there's no way for us to be able to master all the crap and think that we're going to have some sort of safety or freedom from that. I, I think it's overwhelming. Well, it's there have over- been, I'd like, to, I'd like to interject and give uh, mm-hmm. reference or wit, not witness, but sure. as some would say, as some would say hearsay, that there have been a number, a number of people across this nation in different states that have, in fact, physically gone into said court for which they were in fact being attacked by said fiction for which living men are of course the subject that comprised that government fiction and they have in fact won in some capacity in said court by self-expressing entirely two points one as not a fiction but as a living man and secondary sure yeah, and secondary, I just want to say that there is some hope and there has been some wins against this ongoing issue that it's not entirely uh, a hopeless situation. <laughs> and others have gone expressing by the given name only, saying that they no capacity give knowledge or consent to being that state-created fiction. But even that, I mean, you know, once again, when someone states, um, you know, when someone states a fact or, or states a truth, okay, if they're alleging something, then they have the obligation to produce the proof of it or, or, right. or whatever, other than that, you know, my say over your say, I get that. I don't, you know, I don't believe in space aliens. Some people do. But once again, <laughs> the I, the idea is that, Someone has to bring forth the evidence, of course, and that's even the way it is in the small small court. You know, you state a fact; it's your obligation to uh, to produce it if you're going to say it as as fact or truth. So, you know, and there is there's there's success all over the place. The difficulty is is that everybody wants to produce the same results, and they're not getting the same results because we're dealing with people. Some judges right. are doing certain things. What I what I refuse to believe is that there's this code or this idea that if I do the right thing, that I have the, the, the right procedure, then somehow that dishonorable fucker that has a black right. dress on, somehow he's going to pull some honor out of the back of his ass and say, oh, you had the right thing. Let me let me get the fuck out of your way and and let me let me let me let me help you. Obviously, you're a man, and I didn't realize who you were. You know, I get, you know I don't buy it. Corrupt people do corrupt things, and if they're hiding a system that that is that is fraudulent, 
like like that the people are enslaved, then he's a criminal. And if he has knowledge, then he's a, a culpable criminal. I, I, you know, so I don't have much tolerance hey. for, for that we're going to come up with this magical thing that somehow makes dishonorable people honorable. I don't buy it. I well, that's why, that's why usually, usually I always interject that there's yeah. no guarantees on anything because the <laughs> yeah, fact that true. every police officer and every single judge is a living man right. with the free will choice to do either that which is right or that which is corrupt. Right. Of first of all, first of all, uh, you don't have to say living man. <laughs> a man can only be living. So. God created man. Oh. He didn't create living man. Uh, Actually, so in the Hebrew, by, by well, that's saying because, living, that's hold on, hold on. By, say, hold on. by saying living, dead. you're diminishing what God created. Just say man. If it's not living, sure. then you would say a dead man or a sick man or a drunk man. But man okay. by itself is good enough. Now, uh, <laughs> the other thing is, the way you got to look at it is the judge is like St. Peter in, uh, at the gate of heaven. Right. And a lot of people are going to try to lie to get in heaven. And that's how most men go to court. They go to court. They don't know who they are. And they're trying to pretending to be men without full knowledge. And when they get tested a little bit, they fail the test. So back to purgatory. And that's the point. We just had a case up in um, uh, New Hampshire, Manchester, a felon uh, in possession of a, a, a deadly weapon. And uh, it wasn't even his. He was just borrowing that car to give someone a ride. Uh, he didn't use a blinker. He got pulled over. Uh, that was May 11th this year. He did uh, this common law process. And uh, June 1st, everything's going out of the court, right? A felony facing up to 15 years. So it's, some of this stuff works, but mm. we have to have more knowledge than what we're doing. And a lot of, a lot of people are going in there not learning, not knowing, and pretending to be uh, holy and w waiting for the robed man to let him, you know, go away <laughs> free. Uh -huh. So right. it's, it, we can blame everybody, but the most of the blame starts with us and our ancestors and how we go mm -hmm. about changing all that. Well, I mean, even the, even the example that you gave, I mean, I'm a... I'm of the opinion that a lot of us Americans don't understand the form of government that we have, and we don't right. understand how it how the power works. And I'm not even talking about what you're describing as you know I have to know myself in that. I'm saying is when was the last time? And I'm thinking in New Hampshire. When was the last time the legislature swept through the the courts and impeached all sorts of judges for not upholding their oath and securing rights as they're supposed to do? And and well. as long as we have no check and balance, then they all work together for you know uh, pillaging the people. So as long as we continue to have people who pretend or who profess to be our representatives, and they don't really represent us and our interests, at least according to their oath, then then I have to say that we're responsible for that. I mean, if you, but they're not, I, I they're not represent, into the light. They're not representing man. They say they no. are. No, they're not. They're representing persons that vote for them. No, no, hold on a second, hold on a second. Once again, I understand what you're telling me, but I'm saying that's bullshit. Because if you talk to my rep and you tell him that story, he's not, he's not going to agree with you at all. He's not going to say, you know, he's going to say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that I got elected by men and not by persons. You know, I understand the difference of the terms, but I'm saying, you know, it, you know we're using these terms as if they're going to um, change the fraud. 
I think it's still fraud. And if, if what you're saying, if it has a, um, a practical influence, then I say bring this to light. I don't care if you call someone a person or a man. If you violate his rights or, you know, or don't keep your, your agreement with him, then you know, there's going to be an expectation and some sort of consequence. But I don't give a crap whether someone wants to call me a person or a man or you know, what they want to call me. I'm not lessened by what someone wants to call me or what they think about me. It doesn't. You are doesn't known by your things. actions. Of course, okay. and my, and my words and, and actions, and you're, of course. If you're, voting, if you're voting, you're a person. If you're getting a driver's license, you're a person. If you're a resident, you're a person. And there is no man, so they're representing the majority, which is persons. That's your belief. I get that. I understand what you're saying. I don't, please don't dismiss what I'm saying because I'm disagreeing with you. I understand in Black's Law, the person has um, multiple uses, uses, and so therefore... I understand. I mean, I deal with words with the State Department. I deal with words. I, I, I get that. The government and these corporations, they define these terms. I get that. They're limited by that. I get that as well. But the thing is, just because they define something doesn't imply that you have to agree to it or that you're influ- or that, that it makes or it says something about you. I mean, and I think you'd agree with that. I'm just saying is that there is a wholesale level of fraud that you 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 cannot tell me that because someone's calling me a person, or even that I said or referred to myself as a person at one time, that I have some contract and an obligation. You'll have to disclose the contract and show that I have some obligation. If the creation of a birth certificate does not obligate me to anything, you may believe it does, and then it would have an influence on you because your belief system. But there's no contract. Your parents. It's illegal for your parents to sell you into slavery. It's illegal. It's not morally honorable. So, you know, so my parents sold me into slavery. That's bullshit. They didn't sell you into slavery. It's it was crap. the paper. They, I'm saying they did some paperwork that created a person that is being used for slavery, not the man. The man is right. just too, I have uh, no too such uh, ignorant to know. I I have no you may you see your belief system empowers that not because it's it not because there is a true obligation for you you're you're empowering that more by your belief system I would say because look produce the contract the contract right? is there and it's valid and you're as uh, you're there as agent when you become an adult produce the driver's the license contract. the driver's produce license the con- you sign as agent for that person. No, I, no, I, I, I never did any sort of thing. I mean, you, you see, that's what you're making up about it. Produce the contract and the obligation. I understand license. I, I get that. I think it should be, you know, we shouldn't have them as well. But well, once again, you're alleging there's a, there's a binding contract. I say produce it, and then I'll, I'll fulfill it. But I don't see it. I think it's fraud. At best, it's fraud. I have I have to I have to interject here for a sure. moment. It's very very important and very relevant. Separate from the driver's license, if you ever open a bank account, and I'm not saying this lightly, I've done it myself. If you look at the paperwork for the bank account where you sign, if there is no reference to uh, being an agent or something else specific to the IRS, then it is very important that you request a change in signature or a change in autograph because 
when I requested a change in signature separate from the old-fashioned where they gave you a card for the signature uh, card, signature card right. they don't do that anymore. <laughs> but no, if they... you look at the bottom of it, it does say that you are consenting to being either an agent or something else. Right. And I, mean, I wrote at the bottom, I wrote at the bottom that I am neither, neither of those. And therefore what? Well, I'm basically expressing that I am not that agent. And, that and so therefore the IRS, and therefore the bank yeah. has changes their allegiance from the IRS to you and therefore now they're a fiduciary relationship with you? Does it did it really change anything other than in your head? It doesn't it doesn't really change anything and the other thing is they can't give you a bank account unless you're agent for the person. Okay, so so I and, I and tried also, to I, also Right. Uh, hold on just a second. Yeah, sure, I sure. actually just did this the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a copy because I, I looked at it, and I go, wow, that's very interesting. I, I, you know, I hadn't noticed it before. Right. And uh, there's uh, uh, down on the signature, it says, the internal revenue does not require your consent to any provision of this document other than the certification <laughs> required to avoid backup withholding. Mm. Now, there's two boxes there that they don't check out. One is exempt recipients. Right. Right. right, I am ex- I am an exempt recipient under the Internal Revenue Code uh, under under the Internal Revenue Service regulations, right. and the other one is non-resident aliens. I am not a United States person, or if I am right. an individual, I am neither a citizen nor a resident of the United States. Right. W H form required, right? right? So there is these things there that we don't even see, and they're always giving a way out, uh, and we don't know how to take it. The same thing on the passport, same thing everywhere. Right. No, I know. We've been, I've been doing that for years. Uh, we do W H W. I know, Chris. For... We know each other, Chris. Yeah, no, I know. You sounded familiar. I, I know we. And so, no, <laughs> it's no, uh, um, Vital. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, there are some provisions in that way. But even in the, in the junk that we do, or that I do, you know, I, when, you know, day after day, helping people deal with this stuff, it's fatiguing even for me because I don't want to have a false sense of of a false sense of security thinking that my paperwork is somehow making me free. And I use that loosely because, see, I think the whole freaking thing should be flushed. And I think that the problems are people and the solutions are people. And this stuff is overwhelming. I listen to, what's his name, Uh, uh, Carl uh, Lentz. You know, and and I I listen and, and I... You know, I, there's probably nothing, hardly, there's hardly anything I would disagree with him, but just generally the sentiment I disagree that is like, we don't have to do all this crap, and we certainly shouldn't have to, and that we have to spend any moments of our precious life dealing with this horse shit. We need better representatives that are going to protect us from these freaking monsters, these, these, you know everything that's governmental or corporate. But they're or not. Any of that. They're not representing man. That's the point. They're representing mm-hmm. the majority, exactly. which is persons. Now hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on a second. I listen. I here's here's the thing. One of my clients is a rep in New Hampshire. Okay, and we're friends. Besides, we've done business together. Okay, now he's a representative. That means that he casts his vote on a number of things in the legislature that, that affect New Hampshire and its people, its citizens, its men, and its women. It affects them on some level. Okay, so, so when I say representative, I'm not talking about what you're descri- – I'm saying 
I'm expecting, you know, if he's there as an honorable person, he's, he's, he represents me in the sense that he's going to make sure that my rights are secured and government's kept at bay. That's a good rep, in my opinion. Okay, so that's, and, and so, that, that's true, but that's but very the, human. They're not so representing men. Right, and, and so whatever it is, I'm just saying that there are people, plenty of people that get elected, and they won't make that distinction. And and I understand, but they're not they're not knowledgeable enough to, you know, their vote matters, whether you want to call it man or not, or you want to call it, you know, what what uh, Scientology calls people, or what the Catholic Church calls or refers to people, or whatever any group in the world wants to call people. Some people don't want want to give it all up and have nothing, and some say, oh, we're world people. It doesn't matter what you're, you, you or I believe. It matters whether the force is kept at bay or whether they're going to be knocking on our door and pulling us out. Um, of course, on my door says, you can only enter here and deal with the straw man, and you can't enter in and deal with me because I'm a man. And so hopefully the cops will get that. No, I'm, That's just, saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's, like, it's not going to happen like that. It's They'll, bring, They'll bring a flame torch. <laughs> what? Don't bring a flame torch and bring all the burn all the straw man. <laughs> no, I, I agree. It's a it's See? a stinking mess. But I mean, like like Cynthia was saying. I mean, when I mean, if if we if I was to secure my sheriff, which I did in in Wolfboro in Carroll County, our sheriff, you know, was very hungry and uh, to do that which is constitutional, and he became part of Sheriff Max organization and i think he was the you know he had become the president of it for for a short time and eventually because of of the pressure that his wife had on him about you know wanting him to go over to iraq or over to afghanistan to make a fortune instead of being the sheriff mm-hmm. she, she didn't like the pressure no, no. The, the political pressure so mm. well he she for sure felt love in that but i'm saying you know a constitutional sheriff that's going to be all about securing rights is worth its weight in gold because then they become the force to bring peace or to bring um, our, you know, to protect our natural rights. To me, that's what now, building there, community there with the sheriff. There with the sheriff, I think you have a, a good opportunity. But what's going to happen is two men or five men will go talk to the sheriff, right? And when the sheriff says, okay, I'm going to start doing this now, you're going to have a thousand persons putting pressure and saying, that's insanity. We require these codes. We require these regulations. Mm-hmm. You can't have people going around uh, these streets without a license. I, I, you know, I agree. And so, so the, I that's because they don't know the implication of the, the issue of the I, license itself. I would agree because I think that, that, that most people run away from responsibility. I can't tell you how many clients I have that want to be free, that want to be separate from the federal government, and they won't give up their fucking Social Security. I, I earned it all my life. I want that. I want, it's just, it, to me, it's offensive that they, on one hand, want freedom, and the other hand, they want their little piece of the cookie. Yeah. And I'm they want the government more think, cheese. They want government cheese, but government cheese is never free. It's always, no, it's right. it's it's always attached to a big rat trap of government tyranny. Well, it is. And so, you like, got so that I, right. I, I tell them to, like, I say, listen, you know, you're looking for your little cookie, and yet my son, you know, he's working at McDonald's in this grind, and he's paying your Social Security because they're taking it out of his time and his effort, and they're giving it right. to you, and somehow you're okay oh, with that. Oh, well, it's, 
Well, let's, let's because... do me. So, so I think it's you know, you know, I I try to bring back. Um, I mean, certainly we have some tools that people can use that that'll help. But even even all the tools that I've had, you know, used for people, you know, you know, the IRS has its way with corporations and they violate. People have to do more. The more that you do on your own and that you're responsible for yourself, the freer you'll be. The more entanglements you have, the the less free and the more headaches people will have. And I think there's. I think that we have to have build a community of making these changes, like you were talking about, um, you know, the pri- you know, our property, what it's called, uh, you know, th- th- all these things are true. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not disputing them because there, there's history, there are cases in court, you know, this stuff is known, and it's certainly not taught in law school. So, so I think we, we those who know and those that care. I think we the some of the best work we can do is right in our community at helping people I think bring peace and not so much that we're looking to to fight government. I, I think that that's a bad energy. Thanks for thanks for uh, uh, here. I just want to um see if Jay is on the phone out in Colorado, Jay. Are you there? Did Jay and Sarah make it in? No, they're still in Colorado. I know he was working on yeah, stuff this I'm, morning. Yeah, I'm listening. I just had to get to the phone. I'm actually on the other guy, on the other line trying to order some parts. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> I'll be with you guys in a second. That, that's genuinely yeah, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, because one of the things that uh, yeah. uh, George here, by the way, on, on uh, Worcester Mass up was talking to with some of that community involvement, and so I thought maybe we could hear some of the, because most of us are East Coasties here right now. Right. Kind of hear what he's going on in Colorado when he gets back, but... Um, I think, you know, the, what I've heard so far today is very, very um, good. It's about like one brick in the wall type thing, you know. And uh, I think it starts with people understanding who they are. And, uh, for example, we chose to homeschool uh, or, mm. or home, ed- uh, I'll call it self-educate, not self-medicate, but self-educate, uh, because I think the way that I grew up was, you know, something, whether it was in Catholic schools or parochial schools or whether it was in government schools, it was somebody, you were always looking for somebody else for kind of salvation, and you were also looking for this law, which even one of my own uh, cousins is a priest who studied law in the Vatican or in Rome or whatever. And, um, you know, you have this idea that so many different forms of law, and we kind of fell into mm-hmm. one, you know, pledge allegiance to the flag and, you know, join the, you know, say the say the prayers before the Little League games, et cetera. <laughs> and um, so you brought yeah. this, this codependence on a system which is designed to get you into cities, you know, it's designed to get people so that they have to be controlled. And, mm. um, and so, you know, it's, it's very deep as you've identified. It doesn't mean that we just get up, but right. it's like we're starting over new generations that um, to try to become like a first nation again, if you will. And who knows what happened to the first nation people before, you know, before they were conquered. Mm. You know, we, we yeah. don't know the true history of really what, what is going on. But um, I just want to give a, a, a slight, uh, a shout out to my wife is from Brazil, and uh, they've had a mm. big mining disaster down there. A British company and a Brazilian company formed an LLC, and which is a limited liability company to mine in this very big area of iron ore. And uh, it, what happened was the tailings mine broke. It broke another mine, and it polluted one of the biggest rivers in Brazil, which is a lot of my family is part of. There's no water system other than the reservoirs, which all got polluted. They didn't have wells or anything like that. You got 350,000 people. So the president came in and flew in, and she's from this this state that this happened in. And she says, "You got to take care of this. You got to get water here. You got to get blah blah blah." 
So the mining company sent in four big railroad cars full of water, but they got to the treatment plant in the city, and it turned out that they had previously been used for kerosene. So they weren't washed out or anything like that. So here you got this, you know, relying on going to your sheriff, if you will, who was just the president they're going to, looking for you know, help or whatever. And you've got the weakness of the society that has been made weaker and weaker by, you know, top-down type of efforts, whether it's church, whether it's um, state, or whether it's something else, you know, mafia, you know, whatever. Yep. And, you know, the, the wall is up. And um, so now you've got people standing in line for a gallon of water for their family for the day, you know. And... Uh, but meanwhile, you have citizens like light, lighting tires on fire to block the railroad from carrying any more ore to the to the Atlantic Ocean, you know, on the railroad. And you got towns mayors coming out with all their equipment and putting it on the tracks so the train can't get by. So you got these kind of protest mo- movements, you know. And so you got uh, people that are are crying, if you will. Um, uh, you know, slaves just kind of, you know, whining, if you will very frustrated legitimately, but it's all because, like you said, we didn't take care of the basics, you know, and the basics start with the, you know, reliant, like you said, uh, Christopher, and like, and like um, Cynthia has shared. And, and, uh, is that Vital? Vital, uh, yes. Yes, uh, like you guys have been sharing mostly is like you, you're coming from that point of we've got to, you know, we've got to teach each other to be, know self-reliant but also then having that tight-knit community and so i mean i think that's what we're all talking about and then how do we do a little by little and the stuff that i've learned about from lens because i was jay had recently introduced me to carl lens is the idea that property rights is the sole purpose of government in any of its forms and if there are that many forms of law merchant you know we talk about the vatican sea and all this kind of stuff and then we have roman law and we have you know american uh, common law uh, we have the statutory law, which your attorney will tell you is the common law, because that's the that's the rights and customs of the bar association. You know, uh, right. and then we have law. then we have the most powerful common law, which is my common law. Right. <laughs> Thank the you. Court, the court of view. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, 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 so uh, talking about community, uh, I've never been on this call before. I know Chris personally. Uh, I'll give you guys my contact so we can communicate. I'm in Northeast Massachusetts near Haverhill. And it's vitalrights at gmail dot com. And speaking of Brazil, right. I'm from uh, I'm from originally from Portugal, so right. So you probably you probably heard about this disaster there. I don't know, but uh, I've got disasters. Like, disasters everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the, the stuff is going to be the same. Whatever. It's like that economic hitman confessions, right? But I got John out of Virginia on the phone. John, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Great, John. I would like you to recount a little bit about your recent history with the uh, Virginia court system, and perhaps it can be of help to some of the brothers and sisters, and then um, we can uh, you know, have time for questions as well. Uh, sure. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'm going to do a little bit of a farther back history, just so you know. Uh, man, uh, the spirit told me to get not number my children when they were born. 20, 20 years ago, not give them a social security number. That's all I knew about law, uh, other than I read the Bible, understood that pretty well, and lived it. And uh, But I didn't know anything about common law, appleton law, marriage. I didn't, didn't know anything. Just average Joe, Christian. Uh, uh, but I, I, I listened to that still small voice that said, 
don't number your child. And that's where it all started for me. So so after a while, I gave up my social security number after a couple of years. Like, okay, gave that up. After another several more years, gave up various things, different uh, military, uh, what do you call it, uh, disability, partial, gave that up. Uh, also, driver's license, all that stuff. I finally got rid of that. And so, uh, I don't know, five years ago, I went to jail for a few months because uh, I wouldn't play ball and uh, with the traffic, traffic situation. And uh, so then my son last year went to jail for six days. Similar, similar thing. However, when we, we had been studying Carl Lentz's material, and when we went to court, the prosecutor met us in the hallway wanted to settle. Like a, make a private, you know, private deal. What we did there. And so uh, I got stopped a year later. It took them an hour and a half to write me a summons. Two days later, I got stopped again. Uh, same, same town, different jurisdictional. So I got two driving suspenders within two days, went to court, and uh, uh, I, I tried to settle eight or ten times with the various officers with the prosecutor, with the assistant prosecutor, uh, had private meetings with them. They just didn't want to settle. I'm not willing with their exact words. I'm not willing. When I showed up for court, we put in, we put in you know, probably 20, 30 pages, basically said the same thing, uh, put in affidavits of the, the felonies they committed against me, uh, and also who we are, who we're not, uh, and where's the claim. If you have one, I'd be glad to settle a claim. Please bring it. Put, put it under oath, penalty of perjury, swear to it in court as well. And when the prosecutor showed up and uh, they called the name, the legal fiction name, I waited a second. And as soon as I stood up, the prosecutor stepped forward, the assistant prosecutor, he said to the judge, I've been ordered by Jim, who's the head prosecutor, not to participate. The judge said, okay. And to make a long story short, the judge kept offering me a lawyer or an attorney and I said, I don't consent. Uh, I don't accept your offer, and I stand on my paper. He said, you don't have to. He'd go on some more, go on some more. And I said, I don't accept your offer. I don't consent. I stand on my papers. And he would say, you don't have to. And so after a while, uh, I, I wouldn't even admit to, to being Mr. Lehman or anything like that. I wouldn't even admit to being John Lehman. He said, then what are you doing here? And so we went around and around about a few more things. It took about 30 minutes, just me and the judge, Finally, after halfway through, the prosecutor said, hey, Judge, why don't we just swear in the uh, officer just to, just to determine if this was the gentleman who was stopped. And the judge says, no, we don't want a trial. And after about another 10 or so minutes, I, I, I asked the judge, uh, is, this, is this not a common law land? He kept talking about some kind of, I don't know what he was talking about, but I said, is this not a common law land? And he wouldn't answer it, and I said it again, isn't, isn't this the common law land? And he said, I'm un, I am under the, under the laws of the United States and the, the, statute, the, yeah, the statutes of the United States and the Commonwealth of Virginia. I said, is this not a common law land? He says, I'm done with the conversation with you. So then he tried to wrap it up, set another court date, and he said, I need you to come forward and uh, sign this promise to appear. And I said, I have no duty to sign anything before this court. And he said, no, you don't. And with that, I left. 
And with that, I left, and my, I had hired a private uh, court reporter. It cost me $300, just about, to get her in there and to give me a transcript that day. Her, her whole thing was when we got out in the hallway, well, if you're not the defendant because you said you weren't over and over and over again, and you're not John Risser Lehman or John Lehman because you said that over and over and over again, what do I put on my paper? And a friend of mine who drove five and a half hours to be there said, why don't you just put whatever he said? And so when I got the transcript back, it said, the man, the man, the man. Because that's what I stood on. I am a man. So now when I go into court, I am the man. <laughs> hey, John, John, the, ju- the judge gave you the opportunity to leave many times, and you didn't, you didn't see it. When he that's said, I, I stand on my papers, and he said, you don't have to, you should have said, okay, I require you to discharge everything, and I'll leave. I should have done that, yes. All right. But but at a point at a point he says, Well then if you're not John Lehman, I'm gonna issue a warrant for his arrest. I said, Well by all means do whatever you want to do with your with your uh basically legal fictions. I said, Your court business. I said, However, make sure your guys over there don't come and get me. And there's some mistake here. There's a mistake here and I and I don't have a proper notice. And uh so so that's when the prosecutor said, Well, why don't we just identify him by the officer? And the judge said, No, we don't want a trial. So now imagine if you had walked into that court standing as you were, but there was 20 or 30 or 40 of us. You yeah. think they'd want you in there again? That's well, what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take community working well, together. Uh, yeah. So I that they see that, that there's, there's not just one crazy man. But there's actually a whole bunch of men. My my suggestion is is that if there were any rights violations or going you know uh, with respect to this what I call fraud. I mean, if, if there is uh, like uh, Carl uh, Lance said, you know this this um, underlying justice that comes, you know that there's these two systems, if you will. If that's present, then what I've recommended to clients that are dealing with the, the court is to Bring your rep that would come in and sit in the court in their official capacity as a check and a balance on the court. And then if the court is outside of, of its obligation to serve the people, then when with that rep sitting there that's going to draft up a report um, to uh, based upon the conduct of the judge, if you will, then I think that's where judges are going to begin to, to want to uh, bring what's true and not so much this, you know, playing out this game in this system. I think that it, we have to get these, these, uh, this check and balance to restrict government. And I think the courts are out of control because they're not afraid of losing their service position because who's holding what? them accountable? Well, but Chris, what, Chris what, court, what court is that man going in? He's going into private commercial court. Oh, okay. I, I understand, I understand uh, that. The judge, the judge in that room is being leased to, to do some type of commerce. The judge at that time is not working uh, as you think he's working. Right. Uh, I want to bring that into the light, though. I understand what you're saying. So if what you're just saying is true, you see, what happens a lot of the times is people have an experience. And then and even like this gentleman out of Virginia is he'll have an experience, okay? And it means something to him as I do when I talk to people about this. But what he doesn't have is the judge's testimony of why he did what he did or why the prosecutor did what they did. And that's the stuff I want to bring into the light. 
so that we can say, okay, there's this fraud, because I think all of it's fraud. And, and I granted, even though there's an alleged contract, if there's no full disclosure, there's still fraud. And I think this stuff is harming people. And so, therefore, I, I want to put it, I want to uh, systemically put it to, um, you know, put it out of its misery. I don't think that if people think one thing and are looking to be served, um, I mean, there's a benefit of the court. The court, court is a monopoly on violence. That way, if someone has a problem with somebody, they, you know, the court will sort it out so that people aren't violated. If we're in court because the government is pretending to be violated when they're really, this is a money-making deal, that's the stuff that has to be brought into the light in which your rep is, gonna, is supposed to be protecting you from government. And this stuff has to be uh, brought to the light because most people that have been in court are overwhelmed by this. And I think they're being harmed, and certainly they're ignorant. And, and, and I don't disagree with you uh, with respect to why the judge is doing this. But if someone has an out, a simple out, in which they uh, can make a choice to not participate, then I think that that should be headline news. I think that everybody should know that they don't have to participate with these agreements simply on this place of saying, well, I'm not, I'm not a corporate entity. I'm a man. Wow. If I, if, 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 the, if, if that was, you know, uh, six o'clock news, that would be, you know, that would be a blessing to people that would, that would bring it into the light. You know, well, you I, know I, all of the news media is already. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm talking about out. real media. I'm not talking about the crap out yeah. there. No, I know. Oh, like the internet. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm just, but still, I'm. I want to disempower these corporate entities and the government, and I want to empower the people to not put up with this bullshit. I don't. I mean, it's all a money-making deal, and I think it should be brought into the light so that these guys, because you know, we're really talking about. Well, I think one of the things I think is Carl uh, Lentz was talking about was we have to bring action against these people for rights violations, and when they're afraid, they'll change. They will. That's. That's what we're working on right now. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, I think, to build community around, um, uh, you know, holding these public officials, if you will, accountable. I think, um, like many people, there's a movement of uh, what do they call the private attorney general. I think organized crime and racketeering is probably the number one charge for most all governments, local, state, and federal. And I think it has to be brought into the light. But if the people don't care... And they benefit from the system. It'll be very difficult, I find. There's two very important points that I want to inject in this. One of them is it has been verified by even those that are in the police department that if enough police officers do a formal, what's called vote of no confidence, that is not just limited to the police departments, but every aspect of so-called government. If you get enough people separately as a collective, not as a class action, but each right. man writing in a letter expressing vote of no confidence, that will have an immediate impact. And the mm. other aspect specific to the topic of Social Security, if you do what's called a wave of benefits, you waive the benefits but hold close all rights, that also has an impact. Hmm. 
Because Kirk Callenbach did a wave of benefits for his son and one other man dealing specifically with court, and it had an immediate impact. You're saying you uh, have a wave of benefit from, uh, with respect to the Social Security Administration or within the court? Everything. Anything and everything related to government because it is considered religious. Right. It is a religious war that's going on that is not expressed because it could be said that the bar is a part of society of Jesus. And Who's they are the ones that are supposed to be expressing that if you accept any form of benefit, then you are putting that benefit before God. Mm. That's right. It goes back to what I was saying about St. Peter at the gate keeping out the pretenders. Hmm. That's who's running the show. Everything now. that you guys are talking about is is part of the solution, and it's not just going to be one way. It's going to be all different ways. Yeah. And uh, you know, the important thing is to communicate and network and reach out to people and uh, meet locally, grow networks locally as well as uh, all around this earth. And uh, that's what's going to do it. It's going to take numbers because we are way, way, way outnumbered by yeah. persons that like the way things are because they don't know any better. Right. And we all have we all have people in our lives that we try to tell this stuff to and they walk away, they get angry, all this stuff because uh, they don't see what we see. So it right. takes, you know, getting those that we are willing to peek a little bit and right. and uh, bringing them in, you know, a little bit at a time uh and getting more and more to do it. It's going to take a thousand paper cuts, or ten thousand, or a hundred thousand. Uh-huh. But that's where the solution is. Yeah, I know. I agree. It definitely is. You know, we have to do community better than the socialists and the collectivists do. And uh, you know, I I I, I concur uh, completely. I did I did want to mention. Uh, I don't know if everybody's. Um, it, um, I have uh, been doing. I have done a lot of work with. Um, uh, people changing their status from the 14th Amendment federal citizen to their state citizen. Um, you know, a, a lot of people don't, um, you know, ascribe to that citizenship thing. But the biggest thing we do is change the status on the passport. And with right. the State Department has been, uh, we've, you know, everyone's gotten passport. And we've we've had, we have a very extensive explanatory statement that we utilize. Uh, and it does have those uh, rescissions and um and the and the waiving benefits and such as that uh as part of those documents with the state department and and uh it's it's been a it's been a good journey so if I can be of service to anybody I I'm glad to uh if uh George wants to um you know send out my email for destination freedom I'd be glad to talk with anybody individually if they uh would like some help the same here because I did a comprehensive what I call intervivos uh, not what some people would call an affidavit, but specifically inter vivos because that means among the living. And I sent that to the state secretary, not for the state that I was born on, which is Virginia, but the state that I'm living on, which is Maryland. Right. And what was very interesting is that each time I sent it, because I would learn something new and I would extend on it, uh, basically, the state secretary's department, probably the bar, because they're really the ones pulling the strings, called me and asked me if I had sent that to the county level. 
And at the time, I ignorantly said no because I said that he is political. And the reaction I got was this interesting chuckle because it could be said that even though he's political, he's still a living man. And once I move to Hagerstown from Frederick, I am definitely going to be sending a private copy of that to the county level as well as, again, the state because there is a new state governor. And there's no way of telling if that old governor gave that to the current governor or not. Uh, one thing, uh, when they call you uh, on the phone, you should have told them, uh, I wrote to you, please write to me with anything you have to communicate about. <laughs> they way you have a record, you have time to answer. The other thing is a lot of these offices are parallel offices, uh, like the governor, the the president, the county, whoever. The problem is the the one with persons is very busy. The one that deals with man and common law is uh, growing uh, dust and cobwebs. I mean spider webs. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, when when you submit something like that that they have never seen before, they don't even know how to deal with it, and that happens at every level. And it's going to take man to populate back uh, to bring this back alive and uh, um, uh, operate the the common law courts and uh, all these other offices. The problem is, if it was if they were there just to deal with men, uh, they uh-huh. would uh, have nothing to do. That's why well, they can, can, they can leave I out. Can... Oh, one second. That's how they can lease out the courts to commercial entities because they're doing nothing. Go ahead. Well, I I can tell you that after I sent that each one. I did express in the document, which was entirely handwritten, is what's called a holographic will and integrated trust as a lawful trust, not a legal trust. I did express that I am to be treated akin to, not as, a diplomat or ambassador, as what would be considered fully private, non-commercial. And what's interesting is that every time I was followed, or what I prefer to call my life companion, for I did express that I am his lawful counsel, uh, even though he's had expired plates for three years, he was never stopped or harassed, and neither were I, because I did express my comprehension to not just that living man's violations, but the full chain of command and the multiple different law forms that are violated. And I express forgiveness for the past, but holding each man accountable should there be a future actual violation. And I believe the only reason, honestly, that I'm dealing with the so-called court issue for which they've only now set the trial date is December 12th is because that police officer, uh, I had not given that license, but rather the so-called American national card, uh, basically was told that he's to write me a ticket, but he's to handle me like kick freaking gloves. 
because he was very nice and polite and in no capacity hostile or belligerent. Uh, And when I do deal with the so-called court because of my own mistake of doing what's called a judicial notice, I will be correcting said mistakes. (laughs) Good. So one thing with with, uh, going around with expire plates is that, you know, you're basically still flying their flag without permission, so got to be cautious about that. But uh, nothing that can't be fixed uh, as a man... At you know, self-governing at common law. Yeah, we have some, uh, I have, uh, it's just fair communication. That's all. I I have a client in Texas that um, uh, was changing his status with with the uh, Department of Transportation uh, as being a federal entity, and so um, he had his certified copies of his passport application that he had submitted, and they had pulled him over. He was arrested for. Um, no driver's license because he had pulled out of that that system. Um, there were four charges, including resisting arrest, which he said never happened. Um, the um, um, they dropped all four of the charges. He was he kept emphasizing that he didn't want to change his status uh, that he had with the State Department, and uh, eventually, I mean, he sent all his paperwork over to the prosecutor's office and let him know that you know, that he wasn't participating and had no obligation, and uh, they dropped it all. So he's looking to do it all again so that he could see some sort of pattern from his changed status. And uh, I was, I'm was i going to look to do a conference call with him to explain, you know, what he has been doing and what he's going to be doing um, at some point. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh, the, the thing is they have no evidence that you are in commerce. And uh, right. what they try to do is they try to consent you. They try to get you to jump on their jurisdiction. And the thing mm-hmm. about resisting arrest, I've been charged with that a few times. And uh, basically, if you don't throw the handcuffs on yourself and throw yourself <laughs> into the back seat of the car, you are resisting arrest. I even had a judge say, I even had a judge say that uh, uh, in this uh, state, Commonwealth of Massachusetts, um, you cannot resist arrest when you, when a cop is going to arrest you. You have to go willingly, right? No. And uh, and there's 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 been Supreme Court decisions that have said that if it's a wrongful arrest, you can even fight back uh, and even take the life of the cop and be uh, not liable because it was an unlawful action. Right. But they're sending, they're sending all the commercial signals, you know, to keep persons uh, obeying. That's basically what they're doing. Right, right. Well, we have a, we definitely have a lot of uh, work ahead of us. I, I think it's great that everybody's doing their part and doing, you know, trying to change their community and interacting with their family and friends. I, I mean, Jay, this, this is what a, what a mess. <laughs> Jay, Jay, yeah, are you back on over in Colorado? Or? Yeah, Jay looks like he's back on the call. Jay is busy smoking a Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, do you want to uh, give us an update on uh, you? You were the big reason for this whole creation of this call today, so I'm I'm gonna give you some airtime here. Just uh, get us up. Maybe you can help us with what's going on with Christopher. I don't think I don't know if Christopher, are you on? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm sorry, uh, Chris. Chris, Yeah, uh, can you hear me? A different, different Chris. Yeah, my brother Chris. Okay, gotcha. I don't know if Chris Chris Noon's on here. Um, in fact, he might have went to court the other day. I forgot what his Senate court date was. 
uh, up there in Greenfield. But um, uh, first off, sorry, I, I, I didn't make it home for an actual, you know, man-to-man meeting with everybody, but uh, I've just been trying to get things done out here before I head home. I, uh, um, with, with respect to my little brother, um, yeah, I talked to him, and, uh, you know, like last week, sometime, yeah, I forgot what day he said he was going to court, but, uh, I tried to get him a little prepared a little bit, and I think he was going to go, um, I believe he was going to kind of, kind of go on what John had spoken with him about, is what he had to say, what he was telling me, uh, but I, I don't know, but his, I mean, his court date could be, be next week, I don't know, and I he might be stacking hay right now, or he made it to me. Just forgot about this. Who knows? Um, but I know he was going to get a load of hay today. Uh, but basically, what they did with him is he was traveling in my truck that had, you know, the Montana plates on it. That's not my truck. The truck that belongs to the truck that we set up. And um, he gets pulled over for having a third, the third tail light out on the um, on the cab of the truck, uh, which truck actually doesn't even have a third tail light uh, on up there, but that's why the cop pulled him over. And um, the same cop that uh, uh, put a warrant out for my arrest about four years ago um, uh, for uh, outrunning the cops, and it wasn't even me, it was some guy that worked for us. He was one of my a truck that was registered to, to me. Anyways, um, so Chris goes into the courtroom. And he, he went in there with that uh, um, that uh, KW site paperwork where it says uh, he does a resignation of um, uh, uh, he's resigning from um, being uh, I forget how, how how we wrote it up, but where he he, he gives the affidavit where he resigns from being the, resigning as agent, resigning as agent for the person. Right, resigning as the agent for the person, and he also we also did a notice of. So their notice of appearance, we crossed out attorney. We put that he's appearing in a, a non-representative capacity, and we we filed him into the court. So he goes to the judge, and, and uh, this is the um, judge that looks that got that in Worcester there that's got that um, real bloodshot, you know, vein look, face in his look, you know, like like a typical Irish drunk um, looking guy. Real real bad attitude. Um, they call Chris's name. He goes up there and he says, "They read the charges off." He says, "I have checked. I have some paperwork for the court." And, uh, and he holds up his hand. The judge says, "Do you recognize the jurisdiction of this court?" And Chris says, "No." The judge stands up, points to the door, says, "Get the hell out of my courtroom!" And now we're we'll Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> And I'm going to issue a warrant for your arrest. So, and Chris was arrested for travel without a license. So, we look, so we walked, so the, the bailiff, the two bailiffs, like, literally each grabbed Chris by an arm, and they escorted him out of the courtroom. Um, and then, uh, so, and then they walked back in the courtroom. So we walked over to the clerk's office to file these papers because the clerk wouldn't take them before court. So the docket was in the courtroom. So the clerk, so there was a different lady that was in the clerk's office. 
she had a real good attitude. She's like, oh, sure, we'll take your paperwork, no problem. And she's like, um, I wrote the docket number on it for her. So she's, she's giving us, making us photocopies of the papers. And the, the clerk, of course, comes from inside the courtroom into the clerk's office and says, get these people out of here. They don't recognize this court. And the bailiffs come in, and basically one guy grabs me by the arm, another guy grabs Chris by the arm, and they take us out of the courtroom. So, uh, Christopher, um, then, um, uh, so, so we leave. So we go into the, um, uh, courtroom. We, we, we go down to get the, um, to get the truck out of inbound. And they arrest me, thinking I'm Christopher. Uh, and then when we get to the, get to the uh, police station, they they bring up a picture of, of Chris on a computer, and they see it's not me. And they start, you know, they just let me go. And uh, so then about, I don't know, six months later, they they arrest Chris. A, a cop recognized Chris Sturbridge that he had interactions with. Chris was in a... If you, if Chris is in a gas station, and he gets in a truck and heads out, and they um, uh, and they arrest him. And stir- so they arrest him. They pull him over and arrest him. Have the truck towed. They charge him again with driving without a license. He goes to court the next day in Dudley with the same exact paperwork that he's not a um, you know that he's he's not the uh, agent. He resigned from agency and a notice of special appearance in a non-representative capacity. And um, he gets there early. He serves them, and they um, and they commit everything uh, on that. Back to court. Uh, A lot of background noise. Yeah. Somebody, might, some people might need might need to mute out. So that must be me. Coming from your phone, Jay. So so, anyways, they um, uh, he goes to court the next day up in um. East Brookfield, where they told him to get out of the courtroom, and he just kind of, kind of rolled over and showed showed him his belly, as I like to put it, because he's like, he said, I'm not giving that guy any trouble. Just, I'm not going to jail for 90 days. You know, he's all worried he's going to get locked up for 90 days, and I'm like, no reason for you to. So he, um, uh, they basically just made another court date for him, and he said he was going to, you know, go with the, um. I don't know. He said he was gonna. Uh, then he had talked to John, I guess. So um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little tough when I when I call my brother to talk to him because he's always doing something or he's got something going on with his kid or he, you know. Well, that's the, that's a problem with Chris when I tried to help him up here in Newburyport, and then he never followed up, even though I contacted him a whole bunch of times. Right. And uh, that's that's how a lot of people mess up is because they're not proactive. And the uh, you know the last minute stuff is the is the worst thing that we can do. Oh right, right. That's well, that, that's I what say that's what always that you need to be preemptive. Right. Well, Carl Lentz talks about you know they have their case and their work they're bringing it forth, and you have to just set your own agenda, your own case, your own work, and you bring it forward um, simultaneously. You're not worried about what they're saying their case. You're bringing forth your stuff, and uh, it produces those results. So, I mean, it, it's definitely not—it's definitely not a defense. It's actually, you know, it, it's offense, if you will, 
than uh, defense. It, it's it's your own um, force and effect. And what he said was that, you know, it's your court. It's not their court. You know, you're not. Well, no, no, not that's not that's not true. That's not true. It is their court. You set up your own court, but you can also file uh, notices into their court, and and it's notices to the whole uh, uh, mankind. Um, but yeah, being proactive, that. being proactive yeah. is 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 very important. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. I'm just. I I just watched a video where, where he talked about it. You know, it, that he was referring to it as his own court, what he called, you know, his the the common law and all that stuff. So I mean, I'm, yeah, I may not that's be, I may filed, be that's what, misrepresenting what he said, but that's uh, yeah. That's, the well, you gotta you gotta close, but it's when you file your own claim, you establish your court. The well, court is not what we think it is. The court is the paperwork that usually the plaintiff prosecutor puts in. So like when you're in traffic court, it's the prosecutor's court or the state's court, right? right. And it's basically a private court. Um, and the paperwork is what the court is. Each case that they call, that's a separate court. And I see it all the time in like a uh, housing court foreclosures and, and the right. tenants. When they call the case, the judge knows uh, whether he's dealing with fictions or with man to man and uh, in housing court and small claims, th- there is common law going on there. We just don't really notice it. I right. see the, the judge call like a foreclosure case, you know, Finney Mae versus whoever, uh, right there. It's a, uh, it's uh, basically a commercial court maritime or whatever administrative. Right. Uh, so they deal with it differently. Hearsay is okay. Prima facie is okay. Uh, all that stuff, you really don't need the, you know, witnesses unless somebody calls for it. But when he calls a tenant landlord case, it's everything changes. He'll give the warning. Hearsay is not accepted. Like uh, there was one case that uh, is what brought this to, to light. I was there and there was a landlord and the tenant. And uh, there was a problem with uh, repairs and bed bugs and this and that. And the landlord said, look, I, I hired an exterminator. The exterminator has been there three times. They don't let him in. You know, there's no, I, can't, I can't resolve the problem if they don't let him in. And the judge goes, okay, why don't we have a mini trial on this? How about 2 o'clock this afternoon? And uh, the landlord goes, okay, I'm going to go see the exterminator and get a, uh, an affidavit from him. Uh, and then uh, I'll be here at 2 o'clock. And the judge goes, no. No affidavit. The man has to show up. Otherwise, it's hearsay. We don't accept hearsay. Meanwhile, uh, the next case, they accept hearsay all over the place because it's fictions. Right. Hmm. Cool. And I need to give a witness to to what you just said. I want to give a witness to what you just said, Cynthia, here. On my own situation, just the other day, I had sent my declaration expressing one is soul, spirit, heart, sound, conscious, mind, in, with, and for, living body, temple, what I call the elements to the name, and a few other things as a part of the judicial notice. Now, how this comes in is that in reply to that, I got a cover to a photocopy to that declaration is as the one piece of paper and handwritten on it was handwritten TRL and then 12 slash 12 slash 15 
and separately, no, that original one-page photocopy with the handwriting on it was in an envelope addressed to Cynthia Clear Hunter-Shoop with the uppercase and lowercase on the outside front of the envelope, and it was clearly handwritten by a man or a woman. Separately in the mail, I also got the court issue information as the envelope with the all caps name from the district court. So there clearly are two totally separate courts going on in that Bingo. same room. Bingo. And that's what happens exactly at housing court. Uh, stuff that happens in the court is done in all caps. Then when they send a judgment, it's done upper lowercase because now it goes to the public. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like We're to bring uh, I, I, think, I think the legislature ought to, um, all this stuff, what you're describing, Vital, and, and others have as well, is I think the legislature has, has an obligation to bring this duplicity to, to the light so that people realize the courts doing this kind of thing have to, um, you know, this isn't serving people. I mean, it, it actually serves corporations better than right. it serves the people. So I, I don't, I mean, it, well, one, I mean, one way would be clar- to clear, clarify this would be that you don't have the same courts doing both, that you have a court over here that is, that when people go in, it has one set of rules and it works. And, and if you're in a different court, if they're really serving people, they have to warn people and say, uh, this particular court requires contracts. Here's the rules for this. This court over here has these obligations. And let the people know that they have these choices. And the ignorance of, them, of the law do. is no excuse. I told you the court is the paperwork. When the yeah, case is called, when the case is called and the parties are announced, that's when the jurisdiction is established and the time to challenge jurisdiction. And if you don't, then you agree uh, to be wherever you're at. And if this you're isn't Catholic, told people this, then there's a certain level of fraud in it. I'm telling you, you know, I, I agree. But I'm saying is that the average person doesn't uh, understand these concepts and they're not instructed in these things. And, and the, even the idea of ignorance of the laws. Uh, there's no excuse. That that may be true for for people certainly, but it's not the the court can't be ignorant of their obligations to people. And so if they're not, if they're serving corporations above people, then their allegiances are off, and I want them out of there. Well, technically, it's been verified. Technically, it's been verified that natural law was the origin to. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. It was not anything legal. Right, so their ignorance to natural law and morals and ethics is what we need to hold them accountable to. I would agree with that completely. I think the simplicity. I mean, I you know this. I just despise all of it. And I I I think that it doesn't serve us very well. I think part of it is is the relationship between ben, corporations, down. money, and government. They're, them being all in bed together continues to harm the people, and I, I would definitely please enter your password. Pound. Then press pound. Am what? I on? No, you're here. Okay, I, okay. I, Somebody three ways. Please enter your something. password. Then press pound. 
Uh, I, I, uh, I think you're misguided in what you just said, uh, uh, Chris. Um, the reason why they're there is because persons, corporations, want them there, and they're a majority. They're serving a, a purpose. I know, the, the, problem is like is, that, right? the problem is we lack knowledge to know where we're at. For example, if uh, uh, a Catholic walked into a, Jew, a Jewish uh, um, uh, house of religion, whatever, right, do they have a duty to tell him, hey, you're in the wrong place? Or does he have a duty to know where he's at? Um, and that's kind of what's happening, you know. We have a duty to know at least who we are and where we're at and what we're doing. Correct. But if you were dealing with an 18-year-old, someone just came of uh, the age of maturation, and now they're accountable. I mean, the adults around that that child coming an adult have an obligation and a duty to let them know, you know, the things they know about living life and being safe. Exactly. And um, we're not doing it. That's exactly the point. We're not doing it. Nobody told us. I know. I'm saying is that those of us who know – those who know, this is how they define fraud. Those who know or should know or have an obligation to know, they have the obligation to disclose the way it is. And I say that if government entities, I mean people, are in government and they know these things, they have an obligation to warn the people um, uh, you know, that, that they're entering into some jurisdiction that people may not have knowledge or that there's not a... A disclosure. I think that if ever you're going to be taxed in any capacity, there should be a warning that says, by doing this, you'll be taxed or regulated or whatever. There should always be these warnings. And and uh, I think that that's... I agree, I agree with you. You're not going to have that. You're dealing with thieves. Yeah, I know. We don't have honorable people in there, right? I mean, it's like when you go up to the base of a, of a military base... They have fenced that whole thing in. They warn you. And, you know, warning, you're subject to this, that, and the other. I mean, that's the kind of thing I want for all of government is to have a big fat fence around it saying, warning, you are now entering federal jurisdiction. So you're saying saying when when a man is putting on a show as a magician uh, and you go to the magic Uh show, he should tell you ahead of time, hey, I'm going to do these tricks. And they're all a fraud, and uh, you know I'll tell you ahead of time what it's going to be and how it's going to be done. So well, that no, you no, can no, 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 no. When you're going to a show, you know it's a show. If the magician is out in public and he's defrauding you, it's fraud. When you pay to go to an entertainment, you're you already know because it's entertaining. Of course, it's so fraud. he's actually serving you. I mean, in your analogy, but I mean, it, is, it would be fraud if he was out in public and he didn't disclose that he's defrauding you. Yes, it would be a crime. Here's uh, here's uh, what we found on uh, the probate court at Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, on a Dun and Bradstreet. Right. which the court uh, or court administrator fills out, right? All of them, right. Uh, for, services, for services, it says court, comma, theater productions, comma, services. Does it they're say telling, that theater productions? They're telling you right in the open. They're not, they're not <laughs> hiding anything. Oh, it, are you saying it, are you it. saying Are you saying it says theater in there? It says theater productions and services. They're hiding everything in plain sight with just two 
ignorant to see it and know yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We don't have any duty to tell you. When you right. walk into the theater, you yeah. should know there's actors playing a part. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. if you're going to enter their play, yeah, yeah. Uh, you should be part of the play or at least know where you're at. I, you're I, gonna, I you're gonna like this. You're gonna <laughs> like this. I'm not kidding. You're gonna like what I'm about to say. On the local news, and I do mean on the local news, about a year ago, they actually expressed that the courts were not real courts. On the actual stuff. news television. Really. The court, court the court is not the court is not the building, the court is not the judge, the court is not any of that. I, I'm telling you guys, the court mm-hmm. is the paper, the announcement. Yeah. Hearey, hearey, here's uh, Shakespeare played by whoever. Right. They announce everything. We just don't recognize it because we've been so uh, brainwashed and indoctrinated into believing that it's a real thing and it's not yeah I, and, and even you know all that i still think it should be brought into the light and i think that it, there's a certain level of fraud with it even though you know even the i mean i think corporations everything that's corporate is is based on irresponsibility i don't think it's good for us i don't think it's good for us collectively you know as a community i don't think that uh it serves the best I, and because i mean you should never ever be standing in any type of a court setting with a fictitious entity, like you're standing against something that's pretend. I mean, it's not. It's it's in it's improper, immoral. Let me say it that way. Yeah. So I mean, I'd like to see that stuff change. I don't know if it ever will change, but. Well, anyways. it will change. It will change by us changing the hearts and minds of other men, yeah. and each one by one standing up, and the, you know, one gets two, two get four, and so on. Yeah. Until I agree then. Until then, going to the representatives or whoever is not going to do anything because what's going to happen is the other persons will defend the system and come against you and I. Unless, and of course, you have a, a rep that understands what you're talking about and they do what's in their power to do to make changes in that system, I would. I mean, to, to hold corporations at bay and not and that they don't have rights in the court and such as that, I think um, – that would be a great service of a uh, a representative to change. I mean, I have. You're kind of going to the devil. You kind of going to the devil to seek salvation. No, no, I'm not. No, I don't. <laughs> Listen, I'm from New Hampshire. I mean, we're well, there's a huge freedom movement here, and and I'm I'm going to run for office. What the hell will I do in office? I intend to bring a lot of shit to light. I'm I plan to be very disruptive. You know, within you know, yep. so that I mean, people can see. And if I get elected by, by the be, average people, I'd like communicated. What's that? You're going to be excommunicated from the from the, uh, <laughs> well, the I representative. Should, I, I should ho- certainly hope so. No, I I <laughs> serve the people that would vote for me, so I want to I want to meet with them on a weekly basis, talk with them, explain these things. I want to disempower government. People. And all that. Chris, yeah. people, Chris, there's, people there's, something, there's something very important that you need to know, though, and you can yeah. verify this for yourself. It's very important to know that a voter is not the same thing as an elector. And the elector, right. depending on the place, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's very important to research this as to whether your state electors 
have the choice or not to actually decide with the majority vote because there are electors, depending on the state, that do not have to go with the majority vote. Yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar. I don't, I don't know what New Hampshire has with respect to that, but um, you need to find out. Yeah, because the danger of this all demon, demonocracy is that you have, you know, the 51% lording it over the 49%, and I think that's that's the danger of the vote game, you know. Yeah, and no, the problem no, no. Is- well, the the idea of listen, anyone who um, is elected in the, into um, serving the people that way have to uphold their their word, their oath of office. People voting for something like democracy in that regard is a referendum form of government, and and the Constitution, um, you know, guarantees a Republican or a representative form of government because the only ones that have the authority to vote would be someone upholding their oath to not violate rights or or to secure the Constitution, um, uh, both state and federal. So there's a different obligation for. you know, someone who has been uh, elected by the people. Anyone, Chris, anyone elected is not elected as you think. It's persons that are voting them in office, and they're doing the duty that they took an oath to the persons. Well, you know, I, just I, like you I know, would, just I, like you I know, have, United States. I have citizen. different information with respect to the Secretary of State's office in my state up here because um, we've um, we've made some of those changes. And I and we also are going to make those changes in law, um, and to make those changes in, um, uh, we're we're going to write bills that that make you know uh, those distinct changes. So I understand what you're saying, and we're going to bring that shit to light. That's what I'm going to look to do. So but, uh, but bills, bills, legislature, all that codes, regulations, statutory, doesn't apply to man. That's that's the problem. I'm telling you. Well, the we'll government see. is not put there to govern man. No, I agree. I mean, we have a, a we're we're supposed Their to be self to protect, protect yes. the property of man. I agree. I think that's the only uh, purpose of government. And that's what has to come forward. I agree with you. All so, right. Anyway, I I, I uh, should I need to run. If anyone needs to reach me, uh, you can email me if uh, George wants to uh, hand out an email address. That so. Well, it was a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm thankful for all of you and the things that you do for uh, in your local area, and you know, certainly for yourself. It's a, Thank you for what you do, and uh, we need to be organized, much better organized, and network a lot closer together. Calls like this. I agree with Al. Is there anybody who's on the phone who might want to have input or um, or uh, comments? Um, I know we got Western Maryland. Actually, that's uh, that's we got um, Central Mass, Western Mass. Still on. We got uh, Jay still on. We got several some guests that are um, they're on the chat. So um, if uh, if not, we can wrap it up, and we'll also look to maybe put together another call if people are interested. There's also some some other calls that are going on on a regular basis that might tie into specific issues. We covered a lot in this call, and, um, and that's. Great. I have a class coming up on um, December 5th. Uh, up here in New Hampshire, on uh, uh, some of the background of the uh, state citizen and, uh, and versus federal, uh, and uh, some of the basis of the passport stuff I've been doing. So, if anybody's interested in that, they can contact me. I'll give them a registration. Great. And what's your info? Uh, you uh, you can email me at Christopher at destinationfreedom dot org. Mm-hmm.
Christopher. Yeah. Uh, are you doing um, another uh, get together like you did um, uh, where Sarah and I went up to uh, the hotel there up in uh, I think it was Concord or something? The uh, class. Oh, the class that I did. Right. The um, that was a class. That was a uh, the um, state citizen uh, versus federal class. That's what I'm doing on December fifth here at my house. Okay. You're yeah, we'll be that, up in Hill. You're doing that on as like a webinar, or you'd actually. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. I can't seem to find a, a website that will facilitate me to doing a webinar that isn't uh, cost prohibitive. So I'm. Um, I've, I've not found something like that. I'm still looking for it. I want to do it at the same time, but it looks like I may have to do it uh, in a different way. Um, but we have a live class going on on uh, December 5th, and uh, I'll send out some um, registrations for that. All right, so people will, will come to your house, and that's what I'm wondering. You're right, right. At this point, yeah, it's going to be here in Upton Hill. Yep. All right, because i got a couple was... of people who, who are interested in going to that classroom. Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll send out a registration in, uh, to your email, and then um, uh, you can forward that over if you like. Excellent. Okay, Jay. I, Go ahead. I assume for I sorry. Um, I assume for talking about being cost prohibitive on the website for uh, I assume like video conferencing. I assume that you're not referencing Skype because of its tendency to basically drop signal. Yeah, that's what I heard from uh, someone online. They they were saying, you know, I mean, I've used Skype over the years. You know, it, it has its own troubles with one-on-one. Uh, someone was saying after you get about five people on, your signal usually diminishes, and, and it's like I I have no I can't do a class with that. This I don't have a class. Yeah, nine I, to five, I hate so. it myself. No, I want to find a website that would be glad to to get paid for every student I have. Um, I can I'd be glad to do a, a class of twenty-five. It's not a lot, but at this point, someone wants to charge me, um, you know, um, you know, forty, uh, whatever, twenty dollars uh, per student per month. It's just, it's just like five hundred dollars to, to do mm-hmm. a, uh, a class that I'm going to do once a month. So, and I don't want to obligate students with that. So, you know, I'm just looking for something that is, uh, you know, reasonable. And I'm not looking for free. I'm looking to pay somebody for that. So, but I, I, well, I got to be able to see me and the website. My, I mean, they have to be able to see my my picture and my my uh, what do you call it a um, PowerPoint presentation. So, if we anybody has any you. references, you know what's that? We don't want to see you. Hey, Chris, I'll talk yeah. to you. I may have something for you. Yeah, hey, let, yeah, just give me a buzz. We'll chat on the phone, uh, Vidal. Sure. Okay. Hey, bless you. Same to you. Okay, uh, so Cynthia, um, if if you have some information, I'd be glad to to take it for you. Or if you want to call me, that's fine. I'll give you my phone number. Uh, definitely, because I'm good at researching alternative cool. online resources, and I know that I've come across at least one or two that would definitely fit in what you need on a what you would call a budget. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, um, I'll uh, well, you can just email me at, at Christopher at destinationfreedom.org, um, and um, and then we can just back and forth and or chat on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Cynthia. And uh, be well, everyone. And um, Jay, are you still on? Okay, take uh-huh. care. Okay, yeah, bye. Okay. Bye. Jay? Hi. You gentlemen. Bye. Jay, are you there? Jay's still here. I hey, Jay, did you... Um, could you just explain a little bit about uh, some of the process that you're going through with um, 
I know that Cynthia explained how she was handling Secretary of State a, a little bit as far as um, the way that she was um, self-identifying herself, I should say, expressing. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, go ahead. All right. So, oh, well, I haven't done really everything I've done. I probably did, a, you know, relatively a year ago. Um, but uh, the the last real thing I've done is uh, I took um, Curtis Collinback's uh, waiver. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the the one that he that I listened to his talk show he did with uh, Angela there the other night. I listened to it like three times, but that's it's not it's not that one. This one's a little more complex. But I filed a um, you know I did an appeal on that federal on my federal suit that they they kicked out of uh, uh, court there, and then in my um, demand for reconsideration to appeals court, I included that that waiver. Uh, for now, this is for the property they're trying to steal that they get a judgment in Massachusetts Land Court, and then I I sued um, pretty much everyone involved uh, in federal court, and they just they and federal court essentially said, you know, you don't you haven't been damaged, you don't have a claim, you know, and then. Uh, they uh, uh, and in their note, in their recommendation, it was a magistrate's recommendation that a judge just agreed to. Uh, they also said that, you know, uh, I am the rightful owner of the property because you know it was my father's property, or me and my brothers are rightful owners, and me being the oldest son, I'd be defaulted as you know the, uh, um, you know, the one to deal with for lack of a. You know, that's not exactly what they said, but that's what they said. The trustee, the trustee or the owner? Well, they didn't say trustee, but I believe they said the owner. Um, So, but now it's been almost a year now since it's been kicked. It's actually been over a year since it's been kicked out of um, uh, um, appeals court, I believe. Definitely been over a year. I don't know my dates. I got my dates a little screwed up, but... Definitely over a year since it's been kicked out of um, uh, federal court. Um, so my suit against the town, land court, uh, the judge, uh, the the court recorder. You know the the fact they have a warrant. I mean a warrant, a um, judgment with no signature. Um, and so, anyways, one of our so I so one of our friends. And I don't know what's what's actually keeping these guys from, you know, just showing up, you know, with every cop in town, you know, from kicking us off the farm like they did at my house. But I didn't appeal the thing for my house, and I also didn't do any waiver. And also, we have a uh, with, with with my house, which was earlier, um, the the guy who bought the house at auction, the first guy who bought it, couldn't get. Fifteen thousand dollars from a bank, um, even though he had five thousand down on a twenty thousand dollar auction. So the second guy who bought the house, it went back to the, to the second bidder who bid nineteen thousand on the house. He paid cash for it to the town, and um, he had the house sold. On and this is this is hearsay, but I heard it from three different people now, pretty much the same numbers. He had the house sold for somewhere around sixty to seventy thousand dollars. And the guy had like, like literally like, uh, thirty or forty percent down, and the bank said they wouldn't, 
um, give them a uh, give a loan because the deed is clouded. And right. Then and I did a land patent on that house. Um, okay. And so they said the deed is is um, clouded, and the, the bank won't issue a loan. The bank wouldn't even give a loan on you know a house that the town is assessed for 160 that's being sold for 70, uh, and the guy's got you know twenty thousand dollars put down on the house. And the other thing is, there's another guy I know was trying to rent an apartment off him. He's a good friend of this guy, Billy Martin's his name, who bought the house from William Martin. And um, they told him that the, uh, uh, or what cut back to me was that he couldn't get insurance on the house, and he's not going to rent a house without insurance on it. This guy owns probably 25 different properties throughout Palmer, Springfield, Ludlow, Wilbraham, and um, he uh, his insurance company won't insure the house. And he said something to do with, because of something on the title. Now, nobody said the words to me, land patent. They said something to do with the title being... Um, Jay, uh, Jay it's, yeah. time to, uh, it's time to file uh, possibly a quiet title action. Yeah. Well, all right. But don't, now, don't, don't wait. Don't wait. Get on it. Well, it, okay. It's, already, it's, already been, it's been over three years since I've been kicked out of that house. My problem doesn't is, matter for doesn't matter if it was a hundred years. Yeah. So I would start with a quiet title action and maybe file a claim against the man that signed the order to take your house. Yeah, really, I would. Now nobody signed. There's no signed judgment, and there and there's and there's really no signed order. There's nothing signed with all this. Um, well, a, then clearly it's all what's called fraud, and you have evidence to fraud. There's uh, there's a man, some man took some action. So that's uh, probably start writing a couple of letters to that man by what authority, um, you know, he took your property. Yeah, and now the only the only man that has signatures on anything is the former tax collector. That's the one. That's the one. Now, now he's like pretty much nowhere to be found now because we've been trying to track him down. Um... And he, 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 um, uh, I can't remember his name, but he basically, like, about six months after, right after my house auction, uh, ironically, um, and anybody can go Google my name and watch on YouTube this, this house auction stuff, because my buddy of mine got arrested at the house auction. Uh, they, um, uh, Ian Freeman, I got arrested, but them guys came down and they, they made a great mini documentary about this. There's a couple of them out there. So, anyways, they uh, they ended up. Um, uh, this they guy. Are, they are a great. They are a great uh, misguided resource. Well, yeah, they're just they're just having fun, more, more fun than anything. Them guys, you know, just being activists. Um, they're, they're just, but yeah, none of them are interested in going after. You know, they won't sue anybody because they don't want to use the violence of the court. Um, the violence of the government, they they don't want to, you know, fuel it. They don't want to, you know, use it. But anyways, um, I lost the track of what I was thinking about here. So these guys, um, ah, I got off track. I'm also driving around. I got to get some, trying to find some fine thread metric bolts. Uh, the, these guys end up, um, uh, 
Yeah, somebody will help me out here. <laughs> you, you said that they did a the great documentary on uh, when yeah. uh, the auction happened and uh, somebody got arrested and that. That's what you were talking oh, about. The tax collector. I think his name is Roger Bratch, or I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But anyway, the tax collector, a couple months after the auction, um, he ended up uh, um, getting busted for a DUI um, for... In the next town over, in fact, that his name's not Rad Roger Ratch. I forget his name now. But anyways, he got busted for a DUI, and in this, uh, and what he tried to do was he basically tried to bribe the cop, and the cop was like, you know, foaming at the mouth because this was going to be his first DUI. You know, it's like, it's like you know, taking a kid fishing and catches his first fish for them guys. So, so the cop ain't letting this one go, and so they arrest him. And he ended up um, uh, resigning, and then he, and then uh, one of the kids, one of the guys on the fire department that I was on, works in the town hall, told me that his house got foreclosed on, and they kicked him out of his house because he couldn't pay his mortgage. I guess the guy's into gambling too, but basically everything come crashing down on this, on this guy, um, who was tax collector. Um, and uh, and and the place where he lived, somebody else lives there now because the bank removed him. Uh, and uh, yeah, so now they're um, what do I want to say there. But somebody, but, 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 but hold on. But somebody else, somebody else is responsible for what he did, and somebody else is taking his job now. So there is some some way to to do action uh because he was only you know doing a job there at uh, at the town uh and he had oversight who's his boss well that would He's be a town manager that, that would be a town that, manager i assume but he's also go. elected he's also elected the uh that's fine it doesn't matter somebody somebody's responsible uh there is a chain of uh, command, and there is a way to recover when a man uh, gets uh, robbed or uh, a theft happened, or you know, some you have some kind of cla- kind of claim. You know, just because the the tax collector made a mistake and died doesn't mean you lose your house. Right. They have insurance. That's why they have bonds. All that stuff is for for uh, those purposes. Now, I I didn't see anyone over my house yet, um, but it, it, back to what I was, I kind of digressed into my house a little bit. I just want to tell everybody it was current. So so the farm, uh, a friend of ours, he, he got on the town council a couple of years ago because he got a, a $100 ticket for um, having a tag sale. And uh, then I, I believe a cop either arrested him or just, like physically made made people like just stood there, made people not stop at the tag sale because he didn't have a tag sale permit. So this guy became got on town council, and after about three years, he was able to remove this tag sale permit crap. Um, that was basically his agenda, and I consider him a pretty decent guy. Now he told me that when the town council voted on if they were going to go after my house that uh, him and the other guy voted no, uh, him and some other guy. And 
because uh, you know a three-fifth vote, you know, rules that deal. Uh, and then, um, so so I think they they might have a, a like a roll call or or minutes of the people who actually voted and gave the okay for them to come in and um, you know basically kick me out of my house after they got there because they had an ex parte. Um, because uh, the, the the first uh, eviction, there was a date set for it, and, I, and a bunch of them guys from uh, Keene and New Hampshire all over the place came down to my house. Um, the date of, and then it was actually the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, where I was, you know, um, woke up to, uh, you know, hither swarms of, uh, you know, soldiers, um, you know, in my quarters, for lack of a better explanation. So. Now that the federal court has said I haven't been damaged because they haven't took my property, um, well, this guy, yeah, you may have some has, damages defending, but that's about it. The, uh, you know, when it comes to the farm, the, the guy, the guy known as town council, his name is Phil Hebert, says that uh, nobody in the town council wants to give. Basically, says nobody in the town council wants to give you a reason to sue him. Uh, that is true. That is true, and that's and that's a hint to go back and do something about what you've been damaged with, which is the house. Right, right. There is a loss there. So, and, and there was a, a my father filed a land patent on this land, you know, before it even went to court. Um, you know, back in 2011. I remember that. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, that's kind of what's going on. And now, ever since I I filed the, um, the, the, the paramount claim of DNA after birth, which was March 18th of 2013, no, 2014, because it'll be two years this March. Um, I got, they had a warrant out for not paying a fine, and I got pulled over in uh, Springfield about two weeks after I filed. It was like the first Friday in April I got pulled over in Springfield. Um, and then I, 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 so I got charged, you know, arrested, charged out driving without a license, all that stuff, or dry operating while suspended because they got it suspended. Uh, I ended up um, going into court Monday, and I, stood up and I, when they called Joseph Noon, I stood up and said, uh, I'm not Joseph Noon. I am here on that matter. Joseph Noon is a, Noon is a dead entity, a name on a piece of paper. And the, uh, the judge goes right into, you have been charged with, and I said, by the legalese term, you, are you talking about uh, two entities, are you talking about a female sheep? I don't understand. I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand what you're saying. And then he's there. Joseph Noon has been charged as though the living man or the, or the name on a piece of paper, the dead entity, because as far as I, you know, according to Doan's administrators or Penn Hollow versus Doan's administrators, two can only deal with living entities, fictions. And uh, so he so he says, he says, "You're not Joseph Noon." I go, "I'm." Uh, I go, "I'm not. I'm not that name on a on a birth certificate. Um, that's a dead entity. That's not me." 
And he says, I'm going to put a warrant out for Joseph Newton's arrest. And he says, well, make sure you inform um, your, uh, your agents that the difference between the dead entity and the living man or somebody's going to be held liable. And uh, then I, he, he went on about, he pulls up this piece of paper and it's got a picture of me on it. And it says, Joseph Noon, DOB 720-1979, and names in all capital letters. He asked me if that was, is, is, is this you on here? This is, this is you, right? And I said, I said, who created that image? Who, who, I, that, I, I, who was the author of that document? Because uh, they are engaging in identity theft by attaching my image to, to the name of a dead fiction and then trying to monetize it somehow. Who created that image? I want to know their name because uh, I'm going to bring a suit against them. And the uh, should say file a claim, not a suit. But yeah, that's good. Uh, suit is okay then, too, but a claim is easier. But and then the judge is like, "Well, there's been a charge for operating a motor vehicle without a license. So, so is somebody claiming injury? Or injury? Did I injure somebody? Is that what you're saying?" I said, "Who's the injured party? Because I want to make that injured party whole." I says I'm a peaceful man, and if I injure somebody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make it up for them. I'm gonna, you know, pay don't, them. Don't don't use the word don't use the word somebody. Say man. Well, I said somebody, so so I said. Yeah, that's good, is, but for future reference. Yep. Who is the name? Who is the man or woman that is claiming I've injured them? Right. And I I asked them three times, and they said the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And I said, <laughs> good. I said, well, thank you. I said, I'd like to speak with Mr. and Mrs. Commonwealth of Massachusetts. There you and go. Then, That's what I told your brother, Chris. Yeah, and he, he, and, and he, he got held in contempt for that. Um, and, uh, and, and so they arrested me. They took me into custody for a psychiatric evaluation. Uh, and I, um, uh, so I went and sat in a jail cell with a bunch of people, and then I was talking to them people, so they moved me by myself. And then, uh, you know, they they bring me over to this woman who 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 claims to be to hold a doctorate in psychology, who didn't know the definition of the, of sovereign or citizen or resident or state or any of these words. She's asking me all these things. She can't even define them herself. So I I explained to her. Now I had the paperwork. I had the claim the DNA the claim of DNA after birth. I had this other. Peter Eugene uh, document that I got off his website that explains the birth certificate scam. I also had um, uh, a few other documents in there. And uh, um, so I, I ended up um, explaining to this psychiatrist, you know, the birth, birth certificate scam. And um, and she says, oh, none of that stuff's true. And I says, well, I says, you know, I, they're there's evidence about it. Just read my paperwork. I've, I've actually, you know, claimed the property that the uh, state has created this all caps trust name after, and um, the abandoned property. So that that trust shouldn't even exist anymore. And, uh, and I also, you know, told about um, Jones administrators versus Penn Hollow or however it goes. And, and then she, uh, so she, she. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with her. I talked to her for probably 45 minutes longer than she wanted to deal with me. Um, and, uh, they, you know, so we got back up in the courtroom, and she says, oh, 
you know, I, I, I told her I'm not a mister, you know, and she can call me Joseph, and she gets up in the courtroom and says, oh, Joseph here uh, is competent to testify, and he understands the jurisdiction of the court. So I objected immediately and said that this woman just stated a lie, um, because I, she asked me if I understand the jurisdiction of the court, and I explained to her that jurisdiction is a legally, I mean, understand is a legally term for, for um, stand under the dome of the, the court, and I explained that to the judge too. So the so the judge just says, "Well, I'm I'm a uh, oh." So I asked the judge right after that again. I said, before I even let him respond, I said, "Then we still need to figure out who who's bringing this identity, who's you know committing this identity theft by by uh, you know authoring these false documents with you know my image and." The name of a dead entity on it, and the uh, the judge says uh, to the prosecutor, says unless you have an objection, I'm dismissing this case. And he says to the prosecutor three times, and the prosecutor just just looked right at his desk, you know, just just had his head down the whole time. So the judge you know, dismissed it. So I, I walked over. Now, now that was the first time I ever had a, a case dismissed on the um uh on the actual um, day of arraignment. Uh, it's, it's that, that's pretty bad. good, but uh, that's pretty good. But uh, uh, in my case, they decriminalized everything and then keep moving ahead. But right. when they when they tell you that they do the, the competency test thing, uh, say, sure, I'd love to do that. Just uh, sign it as an order, put it in writing, so I know who's going to pay me. And then uh, if they uh, if they don't do that, and if they uh, make you go to uh, talk to the doctor, uh, what you say is, uh, do you have the signed written order uh, so I know who's going to pay me before we move ahead? And then just stick on that. And uh, they're most likely going to bring you in front of the judge again, and she's going to say, well, he wouldn't talk to me because there was no signed written order. And, uh, you know, and you see how they deal with that. But basically, if that man wearing a robe is going to order a man to do something, uh, he's got to compensate because slavery is against the law. Um, sure. And that's basically how you approach that. Yeah, I, I, and I understand that because I've done that a lot with, well, you know, I'll be glad to appear to come to court again if somebody pays me and, you know, I charge $50,000 an hour. So, you know, unless you have a counter yeah, but but do, but do it in writing as much as you can. Do it in yeah, writing I, because you're dealing I with that entity and they can't hear a man. Go ahead. And, and, but but of course they don't care because I guess they would care once we get a judgment against them and then the sheriffs go to their oh, house. They yeah, they don't care until we start doing claims against them, and that's the thing uh, that uh, the man from uh, I think it was Virginia, John was talking about uh, is th- the follow up has to be done, and in your case the same thing. When these policemen are doing this stuff, you need to, uh, we all need to start filing claims against them, uh, not for crazy money, because crazy money uh, is going to be uh, resisted, sure. but simple stuff. If a cop has to take $1,000 out of his pocket to give to you because he pulled you over and his department doesn't support him, next time when they hear some key words like, uh, what I do now when, when I get pulled over, I say, before I, I do anything, I say, what evidence do you have that I'm in commerce? 
Um, and uh, whatever they say, you say, repeat it again and again. And then eventually, you know, if you have to show the license of registration, you do it, but you say, so that you know, you, you haven't shown me any evidence that I'm operating in commerce, and I'm telling you that I'm not operating in commerce. Uh, here's uh, the license of registration, which is not mine, and I'm not operating under that license at this time, and then hand it to him. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't, um, in fact, I don't have a license, neither do any of my brothers. Yeah, I know and, that, I know that, yeah. And also, I I created a Montana trust, because it's pretty simple to do, and um, I call the trust not for hire. Well, actually, on the registration, where it says name, it says not for hire. And so <laughs> on the run plate, it says not for hire. That's so, pretty cool. But yeah, I, I, I do like the idea of, um, when, when I do move to New Hampshire in a few years and join up with the other activists, I mean, one of the first things I'm doing is just taking a plate right off my truck and going to put a plate that's not for hire on it, just travel around and, you know, see what kind of, see what kind of fun we can drum up. And I would really, you know, like to get, you know, that that's my goal to get up there and seriously concentrate on, um, making life very, very miserable for anyone who wants to deprive me or my friends of their rights. Um, yeah, those uh, those guys up there, you know, they have a network. They're, they're just, you know, being knuckleheads and doing all silly stuff instead of, uh, you know, learning some, some stuff that's powerful and actually starting to make a difference. So, so, some basically, of basically the approach... There's, there's... There's a lot of serious people up there too. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. But they, they you know, they need to concentrate more on doing stuff that's powerful and not starting trouble and all that stuff. Just doing things for the fun of it, um, because it, it, it's important. You know, um, there's, you know, this Carlin stuff and and the other stuff that other people teach, but I I, I prefer Carlin's because it's simple. And you don't have to change, really have to change your lifestyle. You don't have to go withdraw your Social Security, uh, you know, all that all that stuff. You can keep all that and still have your status as you wish. Yeah. That, uh, I, this phone might cut out again up here. Yeah. I, you didn't hear me? Yeah, I hear you, but it's going to cut out here and... In, 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 Shortly, so uh, oh, oh, oh. Drive, right. I'll call back. Yeah, I mean, uh, is anybody else still on? Oh yeah, Cynthia. Yep. Okay. Cynthia is here. You, you guys just being good and listening—that's good. Usually, you know, everybody wants to talk all over each other. <laughs> that annoys me. <laughs> well, the uh, well, there is a. This is George here and Matt. There is a. Uh, call that John was telling me about that they have a law call on every um, Friday night and uh, might be a good thing rather than trying to recreate, you know, something new, maybe that might be something we could point point ourselves to. And, uh, you know, everybody comes at a little different perspective, but all, you know, as uh, was once said, many men know many things, but not one man knows all things. And uh, mm. so that might be, that might be a good follow-up from this um, gathering today, and uh, I don't know if anybody would be interested, but I could get the information on that call. And that's, um, I think that's a regular Friday thing that John of Virginia was talking about, but it gets that. I think 
that that the idea of educating each other about the um especially about the legal you know the the legal versus the law is is just so it's the root you know because that's that's where all the language is coming from so uh at any rate um I don't know if anybody wants if there's any other matters that folks want to discuss on this one, but uh, if not, I think the recording only went to two hours anyway. But um, we could follow. Yeah, I might, I might go beyond that. But uh, uh, any of you uh, besides, uh, I think Jay knows a little bit about Kyle Lentz. Anybody else uh, have listened to him? Yes, I have uh, just recently got, and Jay was telling me about that, and I think Cynthia might know too. So. Yeah, I met with him a whole bunch of times. I actually may be uh, meeting with him within the next week or so. But uh, his call, his uh, talk show is one two seven four six nine, I believe. Um, and uh, uh, probably the the best way is to go on YouTube and just enter his name and any issue you think of, just write it after his name, and uh, all kinds of suggestions will come up. And some people have been very good at uh, cutting down his. Uh, talks to you know specific issues so that you don't have to listen to you know a whole bunch of other fluff uh that's a good way to uh to do it uh we do a lot of work on uh on what he does on skype chat not like using the video audio but actually on the chat we create separate rooms to help people with and stuff like that my skype is vital uh, it's actually my first name vital vital with a space and then writes uh, and, um, you know, getting Skype is free. If you guys don't have it, I'm sure you all do. And, uh, just send me a contact and, uh, you know, I can put you in some rooms or whatever your issue is, but that's the way to, that we work all the time, night, day, whenever, you know, you send a message and somebody answers back and that keeps everything nice and neat. Um, and, and like, uh, with each issue of whoever we're helping or a group and, uh, it has worked very well for us for the last Two plus years, and, uh, and it's not up? just waiting for a call. Sorry. Uh oh, I didn't know if that was a particular call or is it uh, happening twenty four seven. No, on Skype is uh, is like I'm saying, it's a chat, hmm. uh, like the chat on the, on uh, the talk show here, but we have it. You know, it's on all the time. You know, so like if I'm out working during the day and uh, you, George, and Ruth are discussing something in the room that is set up for an issue that Ruth has, let's say she got arrested or foreclosure or whatever. Then when I come home at, at eight o'clock at night or whatever, I can go in there and say, Oh, there's, uh, you know, 20 messages in, in Ruth's room. Let me go see what's going on. I'll go and read it. And then I can make my, my comment to it. Um, and, uh, then, you know, when you guys wake up in the morning, having a coffee, you go in there and you say, Oh, Vital answered and, you know, said this. And then, you know, so it's an ongoing thing where we're in contact with each other regularly. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worked very well. There's, we're actually working on a forum now, uh, that should be up pretty soon, but this is the way that we found that, that you know, it, it makes it easy for the people that are helping. Um, because, you know, uh, some of us help like 10, 20, 30 people. So it's kind of hard to keep the story straight after a while, but we can go back and review. We can go up to the top of the chat and see what it's about. If you forgot, cause somebody didn't contact you for two weeks or whatever. 
and uh, and then you're aware, you know, you can see quickly what's been going on. And, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the lady with whatever. And then now you can, uh, uh, with uh, uh, filling, uh, you know, reminding yourself of what's going on, now you can you can interact uh, in the chat. And uh, it has worked really well. And there's better ways to do it, but that's one way that we can do it for free uh, with people that use, you know, Skype all over all over this earth. Yeah, because you're right, and, and um, there's so many parallels to, especially what's happening in you know in England. Having listened to just a few of those you know those calls, uh, talk shows, or whatever, what's happening in England, or Australia, or U.S. and perhaps Canada as well. It seems to be very similar um, similar issues, and uh, um, if if we can break it down, you know, kind of to, to Chris's point, you know, simplify things to some degree. Um, it, it makes a, a, a better community, and uh, you know, people are like. I remember walking into the court for the first time, saying, "Hey, there's justice done here," you know, and nothing could be further <laughs> the truth, you know. And I think that's, you know, having gone through a, a good education, if you will, what I thought was a good education, an engineering degree, and all these other things, and and uh, it, <laughs> it didn't make a bean hill difference when you went into the theater, you know. <laughs> so that's uh, right. And that's right. And there is justice. It's just not not what we think. Um, you know, it works okay for w- what they're using it for. The problem is men are getting sucked into it, and willingly without knowing. Uh, you know, some some have said that almost everybody in jail is there voluntarily, and that's basically very true. How many people right. take a plea bargain? Right. Where are you located, George? I'm at Worcester. Oh, you're nearby. Oh, you're the guy with the Brazilian uh, Brasileira. I'm uh, I'm actually I'm actually uh, playing Ruth today because somebody gave me their talk shoe to uh, connect. But I've been over to the Liberty Suns a couple of times in Brockton, and uh, I think I got connected to you through Yuri, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we ever met. Hmm. Maybe a while back. Were you involved with the Republic? I got a little bit involved with... um, You used to meet over at at, uh, the Liberty... uh, The Liberty... Correct. How was it called? Liberty Club. Liberty Club, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. Over uh, by Union Square there in Worcester, Union Station. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you got my email, right? Absolutely. So hopefully we connect and yeah. connect. And uh, anybody else got anything? Anything more? Uh, just Cynthia, I greatly appreciate the uh, sharing of contact information. Anybody that wants to, uh, specific to this call, assuming it is in fact private, is uh, given g i v e n dot Cynthia c y n t h i a at sign. H I S that is his dot com. Can you repeat that? Given dot Cynthia at his dot com. Where's the where's the sign? Did you say his sign? At H I S dot 
com. Okay, and Cynthia is with uh, two I's and an eight T-H. S-C-Y-N-T-H-I-A. Okay, I got it. I I didn't know if it was two I's or a Y. Okay. Yeah, you can also send me an email as well. Vital rights at a Gmail. Excellent. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. I'll take a look at that Skype address. Is it okay to to circulate that, Vital? Yeah, yeah. That's Great. how we. That's how we all network. Great. Sounds awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, and uh, we'll be in touch, and we'll try to um, connect for um, another reach out and. Uh, this has been great, and maybe when indeed Jay does, if there is a Jay, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> when he does, does come back, we'll have you a homecoming, and we'll bake you a cake there, Jay. Okay? Yeah, I'm I'm, 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 I'm trying to leave Tuesday, Tuesday morning or Monday night. Who knows? It's just I keep on finding more stuff to do. <laughs> so you can only get into the party if you bring your birth certificate. Right, right. <laughs> right. It all goes back in the box, right? That Monopoly game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, Cynthia, it's a special thank you also for uh, for you preparing for this and for the presentation, and looking forward to listening to the recording circulating that as well. Yeah. The reason I wanted the email information or contact information is because. With those specifically on this call only, I do want to share a copy of the documents that I've done. And I want to also share a website that is entirely private, not to be public, uh, for which I post additional documents and what the reactions are to them. Awesome. Yeah, one way one way to protect that, uh, Cynthia, is just redact your personal information and that way you don't have to worry about it going public or not. And that's a good way to protect yourself if you need to because stuff can get out. Even right. if you're saying it's private and all that, it can get out. And and a lot of times it's unintentional, but it can happen. So one good way is just redact what you have. Take a little piece I'm, of paper, I'm fully, glue it over I'm, whatever you I'm want. Fully, I'm, I'm fully capable and competent in that. It's just that as somebody else expressed on this call, that not everybody is an open mind to it. And from my perspective, the information that I share in my documents and the reactions can, in fact, be abused by those with bad intentions. But that's true. But anything can be abused. I just don't want someone else's actions because it's their choice. And if I give them something that they can abuse, that's why I'm very careful as to who it is that I give my, as you would say, information to because I don't want to be have it to be in the hands of those that would abuse it. Right. Gotcha. All righty. Well, thank you. We will um, we'll be in touch. And, um, you know, if there's interest in getting another call together at all, if that, um, if that happens, perhaps we'll do it um, 
when Jay gets back and, um, you know, if not before, but uh, meanwhile, we have some resources to go to and some ways to connect. And um, if anybody has any further, you know, further questions, I'll feel uh, free to ask myself. Holds on the left. Or, on the left. Holds always on the left. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you again for participating. Right, thank you. Jay, tell Chris to get in touch. All right. Nice talking to you, Cynthia. Thanks. Bye. Okay.